Wise Men Wrestling Podcast with Sean, Rod, and Ray. We are all in the building this time. Not in the same building, but at least on the same line. Different buildings, different time zones. Straight up. We even got Craig in the building. Shouts out to Craig. He showed up on time this time. We don't have to do a second take. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious last week, by the way. Oh, no. You had to to be there. Because the moment he... The moment we kind of figured it out, it was like, like Ray was in like straight mid rant. <laughs> he just like and then I stopped myself. I'm like, this motherfucker's not recording this heat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? You remember uh, True Lies? Yeah. He was like, yeah. he was bummer. One American city. Battery battery. Oh. So this week in wrestling was this week in wrestling. Um, <laughs> it came in and passed. <laughs> right. Um, there's not a whole lot to really get into there. Um, there's one thing that happened. We can get into it. We could choose not to. Um, and that is the the return of Mr. Punk. But <laughs> first, we want to kind of no. hear no. from um, Rod. And his experience this weekend at the House of Glory show, honoring Mr. Travis. Um, so, Rod, how was that show? Um, the show was uh, pretty emotional, um, and not just because of the sad thing. I mean, there were several different things that were happening um, in this building tonight, and putting the, the Matt Travis stuff aside it still would have been a, a, a whimsical of emotions in that building because of so many different things that were happening. Um, there seemed to be uh, sort of some other, like, um, wrestling convention that took place in New York uh, on that same day. Um, mm-hmm. So there was a lot of people who kind of came over. And by a lot of people, I mean a lot of wrestlers who yeah. kind of came over. Um, this show was already kind of featuring a lot of um, – Meet and greets uh, with a lot of names like Kurt Angle. Um, uh, Victoria was there. So Calval was there. She was marquee scheduled. Um, uh, TJP was scheduled. Um, the Rock and Roll Express were were, were scheduled. And we're going to get into them in a little bit too. Um, but you know, saying so with the convention being in town, that that kind of brought over like Matt Taven and Sonny Kiss and Devon Dudley. And you knew that, you know, since this, this show was going to be special anyway, um, in terms of celebrity talent that was going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it was it was just a lot that was just going to be there any in the building anyway, because it was, I guess, wherever this other event took place uh, was not too far from where, where we were at. Um, I had to give a shout out to uh, Sonny Kiss. I did get, did get a chance to talk to him, um, let him know how much, you know, saying we appreciate his work. And that we're rooting for him. Um, I got a chance to talk, ha- had a pretty decent conversation with the Rock and Roll Express, who to just sum up what they've been going through over the past 
two or three weeks because we've seen them everywhere. Yeah, from from NWA to to AEW, and not just just seeing them, but just in working capacity or whatever. Um, you know, the one word, um, the one word that that they both kind of summed up, you know, is in their experience over the past two weeks is is blessed. So, and I I can't I can't refute that at all. Um, I think it's just a really great time in wrestling. Everything is, every, you know, this a spotlight on wrestling, and everybody's you know, is rocking right now. And you know, so if you're willing enough to kind of come back, you know, saying and kind of be a part of it, I think it's great. Um, there's a downside to that, and we'll get into that <laughs> a little bit later as well. Um, but yeah, it was already going to be that kind of night um, because of because of their presence. It was already going to be the kind of night because. Apparently, this was kind of a passing of the torch show. Um, you know that HOG is under new management with um, No Limit, um, with Master P. Um, and even though his influence is not going to be on this show per se until next year, there were some things advertised. Um, you know, Master P twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this is the official new, you know, say first show under new management. So it kind of had that special feel, and they were also kind of doing a, a passing of a tour. So at the end of the show, in the midst of everything else, they did have um, Tommy Dreamer was there, um, the Shockmaster was there, uh, the Dudley Boys were there, um, the Bully Ray showed up later, and um, apparently the location where the show took place was at the NYC Arena, but along the along Queens Boulevard was where ECW was established. And um those acts, you know, say so this is kind of where they got their first start. And they were they were known as the New York Boys, um, who would come in and kind of bring the house down. Uh the show also featured um Homicide was in the building and the show also featured um what's my man? The he 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 plays the uh he plays the hitman now. Low key, low key, yeah, low key. Yeah, so they were like this. So low key and homicide were probably like the second generation of the New York boys mm-hmm. that were kind of holding it down, and they kind of officially passed the torch on to House of Glory, who I learned was um, was conceived by you know, saying a couple of a uh, couple of Puerto Rican um, guys from Queens who pretty much put House of House of Glory together. So. Now they are the official new New York boys. So that was a special moment as well. But to do with the elephant in the room, um, yeah, Matt Travis was probably the next one. And he was a guy who was seen as um, a loyalist to House of Glory. He had opportunities to go other places and make, you know, say make more money and kind of represent other companies. But he put his heart and soul into House of Glory. And he wanted, he really wanted to submit his legacy there, and he was well on his way. He was already the top star. I, I want to believe that we would get him in like a main event or um, something top of the card uh, with him before the tragedy happened. Um, definitely got that impression. Um, they did do a nice little video package at the beginning. Uh, there was a moment at the end where Matt's family was there. They brought them into the ring. Kind of did a curtain call. Um, so that was a beautiful moment. I do have some pictures of that that I may share later on. Um, but the other surprise was Amazing Red, who I believe was supposed to be on the West Coast wrestling uh, for New Japan, uh, was actually in the building and, and made an appearance. I do 
I do have a video of that. I kind of just shared it with you guys um, before. I kind of want to see if somebody else is going to share it before, before I share my version because I feel like it was an intimate sort of thing. And I don't want to, I don't want to be the, you know, the media guy to kind of blow it up or whatever. But he did do like a five-minute speech um, at the top of the show. And boy, that was hard. Um, it's always hard when you have to hear from the, you know, the closest person to my, to, to, you know, to the person that passed away or, you know, a best friend or, you know, whatever have, you know, amazing Ray, he trains a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of these guys are his sons and daughters, you know? Um, but it's also, it makes it that much harder when, you know, somebody loses someone and they have guilt on their heart and, um, Amazing Red definitely has some guilt in his heart in terms of his relationship with Matt. Um, apparently, the relationship between them two wasn't good towards the end there. And, you know, it's one of those things where you think you have time to resolve itself. So he was literally thinking, like, you know, we're going to get because Thanksgiving is coming around, Christmas is coming around, everybody comes home. Those are usually the most special shows for like independent um, promotions. And he thought, like, yeah, I got until Thanksgiving to, like, you know, Settle things up with him. We can be friends and we can be a family again. And, you know, so unfortunately, Matt didn't make it that far. And he really let us know what he was feeling in that moment. And, oh, that was hard. That was hard. I'm not sure if they aired that on, like, the actual taping of it. But, mm -hmm. um, but putting that aside, you can only imagine. Um when tragedy hits and, you know, that locker room has a chip on their shoulders and they feel like they got something to prove uh, with all these elements coming to play, it did turn out to be a, a pretty good show um, overall. I wouldn't dare even begin to, like, nitpick anything that I saw that might have been a botch or, you know, said a misstep or anything like that because just I don't even know what it's like to kind of perform under that pressure. So let me not even be that fan today. Um, I definitely don't feel like I see, saw anything wrong or saw anything that was just out of place. It was a good, solid show, and I really did enjoy myself, and there were a lot of enjoyable moments um, throughout the night. I want to say that the, um, the TJP versus, um, what's this guy's name? Something Tequila. I don't know. It's like another luchador. <laughs> Like their house luchador, mm -hmm. that was probably the match that stole the show. Um, we're free, we're we're pretty much aware of TJP's work, right, inside of the ring, and you can only imagine what that looks like when he he gets in there with with somebody who's like his equal. And um, Mr. Tequila guy, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna get the names right <laughs> another day because I'm definitely gonna be checking out HOG in the future. But like, they had a really good match. Um, went about 20 minutes, and it was like action from start to finish between like the high flying stuff and all of the um the, the technical stuff that TJP likes to do the grabs and the, and the holds and everything like it was a really good match and then it had a moment at like towards the end they're kind of playing into mm -hmm. this whole uh suicide thing so now he's he's got like suicide that comes out during matches to kind of interfere okay and kind of doing, kind of doing like this. Wait, what's going on? Because we we all know that TJP at one time um, was suicide, <laughs> right? Um, before he came over to the WWE, so now they're kind of playing it up on the indie. So that was an interesting angle that they ran. Um, now, one question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, 
because in our chat you compared it to a freelance show. So for okay. those who are not really familiar, what made you bring that comparison? So this kind of was more relevant to um, something I saw at the beginning of the show and then something I saw at the end of the show. Um, I want to make mention that I just wanted to kind of get it all stuff away before it sounds like I'm kind of dogging the show. But um, there was a tag team at the end of the show. Very entertaining tag team. Actually, the main event was um, a tag team called the main event um, versus another tag team that kind of remind me of just two Devons, <laughs> a big Devon and then a bigger Devon. <laughs> and then it kind of um, it, it feels like they kind of shoehorned the uh, the Rock and Roll Express into that last that last match. Now, was this team? Let me see. Were they called TNT by chance? Yeah, that's the. Those are Devon Sons. Okay, so that makes sense now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, um, in Rock and Roll Express, it was a, it was a three way tag match. Express won. They gave him the win, and we did get to see the uh. <laughs> The, the the Canadian destroyer spot again in this match. <laughs> so which I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and and um, I I said it this morning on Twitter and I'll say it just now to be recorded recorded on our podcast. The Canadian Destroyer is officially the Despacito of wrestling. It's played <laughs> out, dude. Everybody's doing it from every angle, every promotion. Like I think um during the AEW pay-per-view, there was like four Canadian destroyers throughout the whole night. I'm done with it. We can we can we could get a new move to to kind of <laughs> play with now. Right. But um I was I made that mention because it's like it was a different scene, of course, and like different performance, but it was kind of like the same stuff. It was kind of like you know if you kind of see one indie promotion like I almost feel like you kind of seen them all. Um, in particular, there was a there was a tag team called the main event. Now, you stop me if you heard this one. Um, it's it's they kind of have like a circus thing, right? Where like one guy's kind of dressed up as like a ringmaster, and like the other guy's dressed up as some sort of animal, right? And like one guy is like the mouthpiece, um, of the group, and the other one, you know, can kind of wears a mask and kind of resembles an animal. Both super athletic and you know, saying doing things off the top rope or whatever, and they're, they're kind of like the hottest tag team, you know, saying in 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 the promotion right now. Um, Chicago kind of has a similar tag team um, concerning a, a, a guy uh, from outer space and a, a monkey. <laughs> it that just it it gave me that same feel, just like hmm, I've seen this before. Ah. Uh. I see, I see, I see. Also, the um, the first, the first match on HOB was a, a six man scramble. <laughs> um, but they do something pretty unique. They this this they they actually have a belt for their six man scramble. So there's actually like a title for it. Okay. Um, and the guy who's a title holder, he's great at his job. He's a heel. He's awesome. <laughs> um. But yeah, it was just like a lot of things that just kind of reminded me of freelance. It's like I've I've seen this show, and it makes a little bit of sense considering um, a lot of these guys, you know, travel, you know, and kind of 
wrestler wrestle in everybody's you know company. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it oh, you know it, it makes sense a, that certain a, things would you know be copied. I show. There was another guy who wrestles under a mask um, and has a bunch of minions that follow him. Um, <laughs> these were guys that kind of came came from up under the ring, and they were all dressed in like uh, hospital gear and like stray jackets and stuff. So yeah, that happened too. It's just like, hmm. <laughs> all this looks familiar. Yeah, <laughs> I follow. I so, follow. I mean, I mean, not not to knock him for it, but I mean, it's just like you know, I'm pretty sure there's not too many guys like myself who. You know, travel from city to city. You know, what I'm saying looking at indie promotions, but you know, it's yeah. You know, it works. It works in Chicago, and it worked. In, it worked at House of Glory. So, kudos to them. Very nice. <laughs> um, now, you said you know there's a passing of the torch. Now we we know in freelance, you know, um, you know that one show we went to where you know you could kind of tell. Um, Pro wrestling teams are taking over. Like there was, you know, better, better ring gear and stuff like that. Um, you said there was a passing of the torch. What was there? Anything else that, you know, stuck out? Did it seem like there was like better production or anything like that, or no? Um. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay. Well, it was. It was. It, I get. I. You know. I think that this promotion kind of had this things kind of set. I mean, every time I see House of Glory, it's always at this arena. So. Knows that that hasn't really changed, and I'm going to say that they may have operated the show. Now, when I did talk, shout out to um, Jason Solomon from the Solomon Sounds Off. Had about a ten minute conversation with him as well, and he he was kind of saying like, you know, there's more people here than usual, and of course. it seems like everybody's taking this a little bit more seriously. I'm even wearing a shirt and tie, you know, like right. So it's it's kind of that feels like everybody kind of feels like. Okay, we're we're stepping into the next level and we're putting our best foot forward. So it's it's kind of more on the personnel that you saw more okay. than anything else. I can't I can't really compare it to a previous time, but it seems like everybody from like the security to like the bartenders to like everybody was just taking this a little bit more seriously than you know said normally, and people were noticing that. So right, and and you know it, it comes into play where you know major names you know were coming out you know. And I know uh, Tommy Dreamer was there. He literally gave his time, you know, to be there. Yeah, he um, did. You know, um, you know, very pleasant surprise to see Bully Ray show up. Because I know he was talking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Busted open, but he didn't really commit to it. And just to see him and Devon in the same ring together, I mean, that happened, hasn't happened in, like, shit, years. Right. So, um, you know, that that's... You know, that's an amazing moment. And, you know, you know, those three guys are just like real proud as it comes to like New York mm-hmm. independent wrestling. So, you know, it's well, just, we, it's, we, we, we have to give um, the Shockmaster his due as well, um, because it seems like he was he's been very uh, he's he's been used behind the scenes with House of Glory extensively as well. So um, okay. there, there's a there's, there's a relationship with it. He, he just wasn't there as a, you know. As the Shockmaster, so <laughs> got it. John Tonto making moves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, now this kind of, you know, it, it it's interesting that we have that event, you know, and then I know Mark Henry is going to do their next event. I saw that advertised. Oh, I'm sorry, Mark Henry was there too. Who? 
Mark Henry was there. Too. Oh, he was there. He did. Yeah, he was. There was a lot of people, so I didn't really get a chance to go like to all the tables where they were doing the meet and greets. Yeah. But yeah, as as it comes to me, like yeah, Mark Henry was there too. Um. Yeah, also, awesome. um, Barry Horowitz was there. Awesome. <laughs> I'm kind of upset because the ATM actually was broken. Oh, so you would actually? That's probably a good thing for you, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there probably was. That was a sign. That was a sign from somewhere that you mm-hmm. really shouldn't be messing around with that kind of stuff. I, but I, I did tell Sonny Kiss. That, I did tell Sonny Kiss I was going to get him, so I did order one of his shirts off of ProWrestlingTees.com. <laughs> that's going to be entertaining to see you have on, but. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Uh, shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless <laughs> plug. Well, I mean, at, at some point, we're going to be selling our podcast t shirt, right? Oh, yeah. No, Absolutely. we do our shit independent. <laughs> we're going to get our own press. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we don't have the space nor the time or patience. Um, yeah, so we'll pro wrestling tease if you're listening. <laughs> We're sorry. We're sorry we, we, I've had too many popsicles. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Great. Um, so, um, well, quick shout outs. I mean, to Thunder Rosa, um, who is big. At least in our eyes, personally, um, she's wrestled at Freelance. She's wrestled um, at Rise, which is out uh, out my way um, in Berwyn. Um, also, uh, has recently debuted in NWA on their show. But she had her MMA debut. debut is that correct? Yep. Last um, weekend. Did she win or lose that debut? She lost in a decision. Which means she hey, went the distance. She went so, the distance, man. She went farther so, than I would have fought, went. I yeah. Probably. And only had like maybe like one gash on her face and throughout the whole match. So uh, congratulations to Melissa Cervantes for for uh, making that debut and, you know, showing out. Um, it's, and they did a special that kind of led up to the, the, the match. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing a lot of... Um, behind the scenes stuff and interviews and whatever. And she actually revealed that she turned down an offer from WWE. Okay. Um, and in her words, she turned down quote unquote money that would have been good for her family. Um, <laughs> because she really wanted to, um, she really wanted to wrestle at these different promotions that she wanted to do MMA. And she just felt like she wouldn't have had that freedom to do either. Of course, she wouldn't be able to wrestle anywhere else, but also, not be able to fight if she would have signed a WWE contract. So, you know, congrats to her. I mean, it's 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 been more evident that this line is kind of being drawn in the sand in terms of people who just want a paycheck and people who want to actually wrestle and use their talents. Um, so she stood up on her own too. Um, we're also going to get uh, an actual official like docu- like mini documentary produced by Dave Lagana, who also does um, NWA Power. So. That'll be coming to the YouTube channel pretty soon as well. What's up? But the promotion that she um that she fought for did you know it's a, a little package for her that was pretty that was pretty decent as well. And this is the same promotion that um we're going to have the 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 pleasure of seeing uh, Tito Ortiz and <laughs> Alberto Del whatever. Patron. 
Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestle for belts, apparently. <laughs> well, let's. I, I mean, I do want to kind of. I, I mean, you kind of led into something that I was going to get into where the next few weeks of in the wrestling world is going to get very interesting. Um, maybe more interesting than I think people may think. I mean, you got this match, you know, yes, Mr. El Patron <laughs> and Tito Ortiz for the belts that have been laying around their house for the last <laughs> whatever. Right. Um, Marty Scroll. Marty Scroll's contract expires on the 30th of November from ROH. And I would like to think if they were going to resign him or if he wanted to resign, he would have done so by now. Mm-hmm. And on the seventh, I think it's the seventh. It might be no, it might be it's uh, the fourth. Um, AEW will be in Champaign, Illinois, which I know is going to be a big show because that is con. Fa- People think that Jacksonville is con ter- con country, but it's actually Champaign, Illinois, because con uh, Shad Khan graduated from the U of I. I think Tony did as well. Mm. And the first factory that um, Shad Khan built um, for, you know, making these revolutionary plastic bumpers on cars was in the, was in Southern Illinois. So they're going to treat this as a big deal. um, And I think it would be a perfect, you know, scenario for a scroll you know debut um but it'd be more make more sense if they like pushed it you know for a while as well but you know you know we got survivor series you you know we got other things and we got like like promotions last shows coming up yeah as i mentioned before like in terms of like the like these are the are the more special shows like going into the holiday right because um Next Friday, um, it's going to be Freelance's last show, um, which Kylie Ray is going to wrestle for the championship again, which will be. In, I mean, it's like not interesting as I'm like, you know, it's going to make world wrestling news, but just stuff to keep an eye on, like little stuff here or there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, speaking of to us, it's I don't know. I, I guess we boohooed it, but the wrestling world isn't. And that's the, you know the releases that have been requested in the last week. <laughs> um, Sin Cara and now what's that? Orny Lurkin. Orny Lurkin. They want, they want, they, 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 they put their ass in line to get Let me, to let me, let me take a look at did, how did, how did Orny Lurkin like request this? Did he, did he give us a nice little beautiful Twitter post like everybody else? Okay. Ori Lurkin's request to be released is still a report. It has not been confirmed. Okay, so nothing in all caps that we can read. No, man. No, no, okay. no Twitter rants. No, <laughs> nothing to that effect. I think he's he's trying to handle it more. I don't know if you want to use the word professionally, but because <laughs> I'm not sure what professionalism is in wrestling anymore. Not that to say there isn't any, but I mean, it, in my opinion, if you know, somebody doesn't want to work somewhere anymore, they should be allowed to go. That's professional to me. Yeah. And and absolutely. And just to like 
tell them to sit at home and we'll pay you. I know in a, in a, in a regular nine to five world that almost, you know, is a blessing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if our boss has called us tomorrow, we're like, um, you just sit at home. We're going to pay you. Don't worry about it. But wrestling's different. Wrestling's, you know, your brand is based on how much you're on TV and how you look in front of the camera. They know, they understand the wrestling fans will forget about their ass if we don't see them on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So if they sit at home for an extended period of time and not be talked about and not allowed to be talked about, um, you know, as it relates to, you could tell at least with some who have already asked for their release, um, you know, the revival, uh, Luke Harper, uh, Mike Bennett, like after they, you know, do that Twitter post that everybody does when they ask for a release, you ain't heard Jack from them since. No. <laughs> so it, it's definitely a message that's sent to them, like sit your butt at home and take this money. Um, so I don't, I, it kind of makes me scratch my head personally of why anybody would make these public cries at this point because WWE has definitely made it clear they're in no, you know, put, position to be letting anybody go. And, or, you know, when you combine the Fox money with the, you know, Saudi Arabia money, they got money sitting around just to allow people to sit at home, especially stars who aren't being paid top dollar. Right, right. So I, I, I just, do we see a breaking point at any point, or do we just, you know, see this just going on for, you know, the unforeseeable future, where people, <clears throat> you know, or do we see, will there be a swell big enough for WWE, but like, all right, you, you, all of you guys can go. The problem is they're not employees, so it, they can they can dictate terms for as long as they they've done it before. So before with it, at this point, I'm curious as to what the consequence is. Because it's, it's 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 not about them not be able to do anything else. It's just about them showing up on somebody else's te- television, right? In in a wrestling capacity, if I'm. Not mistaken. It would be a no compete clause, no? Right. Correct. So, I mean, that would. But that's a limited time, though. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, but we don't know exactly what the verbiage is on these contracts. I'm pretty sure because they want to maintain the. I think we can find out, though. It's possible. I think the the contracts are are, are on public domain, or at least like the, the ones leading up to like the last three years. Our public domain, and I think a couple of them have also been published as well within three years. So I think we can find out. We just have to do our research. I just, I'm just curious as to what, what, what is it? What, what's the actual consequence for the wrestler versus like the promotion that takes them on? I'm pretty sure it's like a breach of contract lawsuit, which you know WWE can say, you know, something outrageous like I'm gonna sue you for ten million dollars, some little or you know. Um, and probably sue the promotion, not the the wrestler. Not the wrestler themselves, right? Right. You know, sue the promotion because you basically putting a promotion in a situation. Even addressing the lawsuit puts them in danger of 
basically closing up shop. You know, right. I, you know, if, if Vince wanted to do freelance, just legal fees alone would close that kind of operation. You know, um, and I think that's part of why they don't get, you know, we haven't seen anything like that, per se. I think the closest thing we saw was Luger. Yeah. And that, you know, you know, cause I know there was a lawsuit in that regard um, when Luger showed up like the same night. Raw was taped and shit like that, and um, and Rick Rude did the same thing. So I know there were lawsuits in regards to that, and I'm not sure if that started some kind of unwritten rule like don't fuck with the WWE. They got billion dollar lawyers, so we don't have the money to fight that. I just wonder if like it, it gets to a point like I and it was you that brought it up. I think last week, Rod, um, as it relates to when do we get to the point where they organize themselves? And if they even can, I, I guess there's a bit, bigger question. <clears throat> you know, you know, we discussed this before. It, it would be a very complicated process uh, for them to, you know, unionize. But it, it's just like they, you keep hearing people unhappy. And after definitely after the Saudi Arabia thing, you know, that's going to grow. And well, here's the thing. Uh oh, I heard. Mm. So. And this is why we have to take what we see on Twitter with a grain of salt. And I know that's, that's yeah. You, you think you shouldn't have to say that, but this is where it all starts. It's like it's it's a lot of fire and lightning that happens before it all just kind of goes away. Like Twitter is like this black hole where people kind of vent frustrations, and we have to kind of we got we have to understand that. You know what I'm saying? Because when 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 like a hashtag starts taking off. You know, saying we like to think that it's something serious, but it's gone after a week. And I'm a pussy like this. The WWE doubled down on their deal with Saudi Arabia, right? And the argument is, you know, some wrestlers are, you know, it's always been this way that some wrestlers are further than others. There seems to be 20 top guys, and like the rest of the guys, you know, saying are not in the top 20 and therefore have to deal with the crap. But if any one of these guys who complain about the Saudi Arabia thing go back to Saudi Arabia, it's a wrap. Like, <laughs> we like to think that because these are real people who are using Twitter to try to frustrations that there may be some smoke to the fire. Um, and I would certainly like to believe that, especially in the, in the sense of, you know, that that is a pretty big deal. Like taking taking out of the taking out of the equation that they were hostages or whatever. I think if that was the real case, that would have been a completely different story. Um, but just, you know, it's in a situation where you have a large group of people who are who feel underappreciated. If Twitter is like the best that they're going to do, then it's okay. okay. We, we get excited in the moment, but it's, you know, if these, these same 175 people hop back on that plane, <laughs> then... It was it was all in vain, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so it's like I I don't like I look at the perspective of, you know, saying you make the deal on the buy-in, you know what I mean? Right. Like the thing that you the thing that you need to do for yourself that's fair is what you need to do before you sign a contract. And I don't like the fact that 
You know, so there's still people out there who are just ignorant to what that contract entails before they sign it. Because at the end of the day, the WWE is still considered for a lot of people Mecca, you know, because this kind of also goes into the whole ACH thing, because a lot of people are wondering, well, if this is a racist company, you know, why did you sign with them in the first place? Because, you know, at the end of the day, like this, that probably is the best amount of money that you're going to get as a performer to this day. Yeah. You know, say in theory, AEW is another option. It's great that another option is showing up. But to this day, I mean, between the money and just the nostalgia factor, like everybody, 100% of the people who are wrestling today when they were young wanted to be WWF superstars. That's what they wanted to be, you know? And it wasn't until they got to the WWF or the WWE that they realized that those dreams are not, you know, saying those dreams get shattered, you know, saying for one reason or another. So, but to me, it's, it's, I feel like they should have agents. I feel like that's, you know, I feel like that's where the opportunity is, is for, you know, you need to find an agent. You need to find somebody to represent you in these situations so that when you start going into the contract negotiations that you have something on your side other than just your heart, because you're not using your brain when you're putting, putting ink to paper. And that pretty much goes for any industry, any entertainment industry out there, like, it just doesn't happen. It is, it, that's, the, that's, that's the part where it's sad. Now, once you've been with the company, you know the BS that is on, like, you know, you either ride with it or, you know, you get out of there. Because there is nothing that's going to stop you from just saying, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. It only affects you when you want to do it somewhere else and you realize the contract that you signed prevents you from doing so. But I'm to the point where if you've been working for the company for a considerable amount of time, and you want to go wrestle somewhere else, you sign that contract. I can't feel sorry for you. And if you're not going to kind of put your money where your mouth is, because this is the same way I kind of look at like the NFL. Like you guys make millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Right. There's no way that all of you all are just so irresponsible with your money to the point where you, you face a problem in the NFL, but you can't leave it. You know, like because you got these bills to pay. It's just like that. That's insane to me. You know, uh, with professional wrestlers, they don't make that much money. You know, correct. But it's like if you don't work, I, I, I'll give you two contracts. By the time you sign that second contract, if you don't recognize the BS that you're in, I'm I think I'm gonna start feeling sorry for you. And I guess, <laughs> and one thing that I I guess I've kind of been, I don't know, thinking about lately about this whole thing is not this whole thing, just in general. Mm-hmm. It's I like keep hearing getting the hearing the words used underutilized and underappreciated. Thrown a lot of a lot when it comes to some of these wrestlers that are um asking for their releases. And for some, you know, I would use that term, but there are others where that term is used where I just like eh <laughs> you know, and like well, you I look know, at I, it from this perspective as well. Um, it should be a well-known fact by this point, if not any time before, that the WWE is not a professional wrestling company. They utilize professional wrestlers as, you know, saying live stuntmen to do live shows. But the E on WWE tells me that the five hours or now seven hours of, of television that they do every week is not the be-all, end-all to what they want to do or at least the opportunities that those performers 
have, or I would say should have. Um, right. Look at the Miz. You would think for somebody like the Miz, who probably be in the same situation as a lot of other, a lot of these other guys who want to quit the company. But this guy's also been like the Marine for like <laughs> six, seven movies in a row. Don't forget his USA TV show, his reality show. Too. It's like these things like that. You can't tell me that these opportunities are not available to people who want to be in the quote unquote entertainment business. So it's like I can feel for somebody who thought that the WWE was a wrestling business, like I said, within the first contract. Because sometimes you just got to get there to figure it out, you know? And, and, and I want to use this opportunity to transition because you said the word entertainment and we're talking about WWE emphasizing mm-hmm. on entertainment and they, in my opinion, if you didn't know that and you needed any more proof, they proved that last Tuesday night with mm. the way they handled the CM, Punk, the CM Punk's return. Right. That was not a wrestling moment. It was an entertainment moment. In, in every way, said, the way it was handled, and the, even the way Punk did it, it's, it was entertainment value. It had nothing to do with wrestling. Right. Had everything to do with shock value. I wouldn't even call it shock value. Just a big pop at the end to get you to, a, a nice tease to get you to watch next week. That has nothing to do with wrestling. He didn't mm-hmm. come in and super kick Cole or, you know, anybody else that was on that stage. He came in, said three words, said a sentence, and then went off the air. And that should prove to us right there and then that WWE is not interested in wrestling whatsoever. So people who come over here thinking they're going to be wrestlers are kidding themselves. And it's mm-hmm. only those who make that transition who are successful in the WWE. You know, those who insist on being wrestlers, you know, at just pure wrestlers at heart. And I'm going to use Cesaro as that example. Cesaro's one of, I would say, from a wrestling standpoint, a top 10 wrestler in the world. Just my opinion. Okay. Just from an in-ring talent, you know, match to match, top ten can hang with just hang with anybody in the world. But everywhere else, I'm not gonna call him a top ten. I'm not gonna call him bad either. But he's obviously not done something that has stuck to where an audience can't refuse him not being there. Cesaro can go away for four months and come back and it just seems seamless. And he's done it multiple times. Right, right. You know, and regardless of what we feel about The Miz, if he goes away for a while and comes back, there's a reaction of some type. It may be booze, but there's a reaction. Yeah, it's it not just, not just, uh, you know, my bad. And, you know, and I think other wrestlers are starting. I mean, and that's, I just see it like, and it's, unfortunately, it's almost anywhere we work these days. Those who choose to toe the company line, those who choose to go along with the plan that the company has set forth, tend to be more successful. Miz has done anything the WWE has asked him to do. Mm-hmm. Period. And he has made millions of dollars because of that. 
you know, there's other schools I, 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 have tried to fight, fight the system and their talent hasn't, you know, transcended. Like, you know, let's say Daniel Bryan, for example, who fought them two for nail. Mm-hmm. But his talent and his connection with the audience transcended, you know, any, any plans the WWE had for him. Kofi Kingston, for a short time, you know, had the same effect. There are others who don't have that effect to just get pushed aside whenever they try to make some beef. Or try to get, you know, cash in on their own, you know, like Zack Ryder and shit like that. Right. So, in the case of, like, Cesaro, for example, do you see potential him? Not thinking about the WWE and what they think, Mm-hmm. But do you see potential in him doing anything else except for what he's doing right now? No. I'm you know what? Him. I disagree. I, I I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying within the WWE. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm going to use the example of Sean Spears as a reason why I can't answer that question. Okay. <laughs> because when Ty Dillinger got his release, and then you know. He saw that he obviously was hanging out with the AEW crew. And my, I saw nothing that would lead me to believe he would become what Sean Spears is now. And that's, I'm not saying Sean Spears is that big of a deal in AEW. Right. But I definitely didn't see him in a potential, you know, pay-per-view storyline with the biggest babyface in the company. I didn't see him as someone one of the original four horsemen would, you know, valet for. I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. But it's like one of those things in the right hands, it could happen. And I guess Cesaro is one of those people, you know, that, you know, possibly if he had the right talker with him or whatever. I don't know. Like I say, like, because I have the example of Sean Spears, I can't say that it wouldn't happen for Cesaro somewhere else. Yeah, but that's a completely. I don't think I don't see how you can compare them. I think Cesaro's been very. I don't. I have we seen anything that he's been like you when you talk about like Twitter and everybody airing their grievances. What is he? I mean, he's been prominently on up, up, down, down. So he does have something outside of it, like with the gaming. The guys really good with the adventure sports and stuff like that. And I don't. I, I just don't see him going anywhere else. Well, here's the reason why I asked this question. Because it's, you know, Roman Reigns has long been the guy that everybody, you know, said in WWE has been crazy about for a long time. And they've gotten behind him early. And they handpicked him. Um, they saw something in Roman Reigns. And when they saw something in Roman Reigns, they did a lot of things with Roman Reigns. Um, one of the things that they did with Roman Reigns is they gave they they sent them to acting class. Now mm-hmm. they did that with the purpose of of him being able to deliver better um, um, promos. Um, and you know, some somewhere down the line, they they snuck in a suffering succotash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did that with the purpose of, of 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 trying to get him over with the crowd, but they they saw potential in him first, and they did things for him that helped him out. So, 
the reason why I bring up the whole thing about seeing potential in Cesaro, um, it may be a situation. I'm glad that, that Sean brought up the Sean Spears thing. It may be a situation where Cesaro would need to take himself out of the equation if he saw, if he himself saw potential in himself to do something else other than what he's doing. That's the, and that's what I'm saying. He hasn't, he hasn't gone about in any certain way. We're not sitting here discussing whether it's a Cesaro character and he is like you, we were referencing earlier, whether he's undervalued or underutilized. I mean, everybody knows that he deserves a championship from, but there's a bunch of guys in that locker room that deserve that same type of treatment or this is the same type of conversation. Right, but, but I'm saying when it comes to Cesaro, those two words, underappreciated and underrated, they seem to follow him around. Like, mm-hmm. like, like the, when you say Cesaro, to some pe- the most people, those are usually the words they think about right away. And now, I mean, part of it is could be what um, you brought up earlier as it relates to WWE being Mecca. Mecca in the sense of a lot of things, and Mecca especially when it comes to money. Right. When you're leaving WWE, even if you're going to AEW, there's a good chance you're taking a page cut at this point. Unless you're, you know, John Moxley or somebody like that. Right. You know, that's why the people like Carl Anderson, you know, the Luke Gallows, you know, the AJ Styles of the world, no matter what they put through and what silly storylines they give them, they're cashing their check at the end of the day. Like, I'm good. You know, that's how Carl Anderson can joke about being stuck on a, you know, on a runway forever, you know, and say he's never going to come back. But they're like, yeah, maybe I want another pool someday. So, like, look at it from this perspective. Is any um, WWE superstar that's made their way over to Hollywood, did you not see a petition of doing that before they did it? Like right now? I, like you know any what? of them. I would say Batista is the biggest surprise to me. <coughs> there we go. Batista is the biggest surprise. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming at all. You know, at least from the level that he's at now. Like he literally legit doesn't need he doesn't need WWE. Like Yeah, I I'm pleasantly surprised by everything Dave Patista's done after WWE has That's a pretty good example, to be honest with you. Um because if I felt like if we were ever going to see Batista in an acting role, it definitely wouldn't be it definitely wouldn't be anything that he's done. Like maybe that first role or or second role where he was like the silent guy that just punched somebody in the face, but um, like I said, to the level that he's done it, he's been able to do it. Um, yeah, no, definitely not. Like, because in my in my opinion, out of everybody who's left WWE to become to go to Hollywood, in my opinion, Dave Bautista is the best pure actor out of all of them. Just because of the roles he's taken and the you know dramatic depth he's like taking on in a lot of his roles, like the range that he has is just impressive. Like he's done comedies, he's done dramas, he's done action. I mean, The Rock has dabbled, but you could definitely tell when The Rock is out of place when it comes to these kind of things. Yeah, he's kind of going the, the Schwarzenegger role. Except for, I'm sorry, I still have to give it to The Rock for that that um that bring it on monologue that he did in what was that. That get Brown, shorty, the, the great sequel. Iron. Yeah, no, yeah. the sequel to Gris, uh, get shorty. 
Okay, yeah, that was hot. <laughs> that was hot. <laughs> but yeah, you know, but I mean, that's I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because, like, inside the WWE, Cesaro has taken on like several different types of characters. Not really far one far more far first than the other. But you know, I feel like I see something in him outside of the WWE. Okay. Oh, you know? He's very charismatic, and you see his personality pop up in those little shows like the Up, Up, Down, Down, even if it's something as innocent as just playing old-school video games or going to the Axe Store, and you can see that, you know, there's definitely something there when you talk about potential. But so you, do, you Cesaro, do you think Cesaro's made enough money in the WWE? No, he's what? He's, he's made a little bit over a million uh, as a WWE wrestler. I know in reading about him, because I do follow him. I, I do, he is one of my favorite wrestlers. Mm-hmm. When it comes to just a, I mean, he's not one of those types that's going to sit there and complain. Is he stubborn about his singles, uh, his singles career? He's absolutely been on the record saying so, that he really wants to focus on his singles career. But there isn't much of a plan when he's been successful as a tag team wrestler. It's the same thing as we've been sitting clamoring for Big E to have his single run, but they're not uh, they're not about splitting up these teams if these teams are marketable as a pair. So, I mean, Kofi got his got, got his thing, but do you see outside of, do you ever see somebody like Xavier Woods or Big E uh, challenging for a singles title right now? No, and, 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 and that's the kind of the point that, that we're making. They're like, mm-hmm. They don't have to. Yeah. But I'm just wondering if they see potential deal doing something else to kind of just use the WWE as a platform, using the E in the WWE in a sense as a platform to do other things because the WWE is not a wrestling company. No, no. I mean just like that, that. That's the bottom line. So it's like right. when we're looking in terms of okay, well, how do we get these guys out? You know what I mean? Because you know, like a union is not going to do it. Pleading oh. the Twitter is not going to do it. Yo. But if these guys start seeing petition them doing other things that doesn't necessarily breach the contract, you know what I mean? Right, because basically we discussed, I think, early on in this podcast, you know, not this podcast, but in general, the history of the podcast. One of the biggest, I guess, priorities WWE have is not creating another Cena. Yeah. And exactly. so they're not giving people these opportunities that they get, let Cena have you know, to kind of create this monster. I mean, yeah, I won't call it a monster, but just basically someone who's too big for them to control. Um, which is why Up, Up, Down, Down is now a part of WWE. Um, you know, they took it over in, from a, an intellectual party standpoint. Um, so if Xavier Woods or, and or Kofi Kingston ever expanded that platform, it would never get out of the control of the WWE. That's sad. And like from an entertainment standpoint, like one of the, I would say initially it was a pleasant surprise, but now I'm starting to see it from a different angle. Let's look at Asuka's situation, for example. Okay. Asuka has created her own gaming channel. One of... I mean, we don't need to get into 
how big of how good of a wrestler, female or otherwise, she is, and how much we respect, you know, what she has done and what she could be doing for the women's division. She, of all people, has. I'm. The, I don't. I drank that e Kool Aid, and now has a WWE branded gaming channel. Mm-hmm. That that's unheard of in my opinion. Like this is absolute. Like I'm sure she's having a good time with it, but as a as a fan of pro wrestling, it it just boggles my mind. Well, why though? Well, this is what's because, so, so. I'll, I'll here here I'll 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 make a, a quick point. Asuka's not maybe she's just not comfortable being in front of those cameras, like you know when it comes to this stuff. This is her wheelhouse, and she sees maybe the business part of her knows that hey, the monetary money that's coming out of these esport gaming leagues, and that there's actual like serious development going on to make this a an official huge thing. I'm like. I'm this is her bag. Why why try to do anything else that's out of her comfort zone when she's she already I think, knows I don't, uh, well I don't know it doesn't sound like he's questioning that like why no, I'm not questioning that anything else. It's just why did why does the thing that she's doing on the side become uh intellectual property of the WWE? Um I can explain maybe because, that. Maybe because they see how other people struggle with it. Uh because these people you see those like the phase crew that goes off and gets all these uh, these kids for the Fortnite and then ships them off to, to Los Angeles. Maybe this is WWE's way of getting into the gaming industry, the e-gaming, because they've tried it with these bullshit-ass 2K games and the, you know, the purchase, the, the in-app purchases for the, the iPhone games or the Android games are just god-awful. It's just Maybe it's just a you know, different property for them because they've done, and they're all over the place, reality TV shows. You know, straight to DVD movies. This and, is what I think. Yeah, it's just them because spreading I've, out. I've, because, I've, made, I've yeah. made the point before mm-hmm. that the wrestling industry now is starting to see things that the record industry has been seeing exactly. like 10 years ago. Exactly. This is the beginning of that nasty, nasty thing in the record industry called a 360 deal. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning of that. And um, it's to me, it's sad to see that. Um, because we know exactly why you know any of these guys would want to do something on the side. There's only so much that they can do once they sign this contract. And now I'm gonna, you're gonna create this other thing, and now the WWE is gonna take it from you. Like I'm still pissed about you know Zack Ryder not having his YouTube channel anymore. That to me, that's still absurd, and I hope that. I hope that he got paid for that. Who did? Uh, for Xavier Woods? No, Zach Ryder. Zach Ryder. Zach okay. Ryder got himself over with his YouTube channel, which was great, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was an awesome channel. And all of a sudden, they took it over, and it just went away. And now, all of a sudden, it's just dominating YouTube. And they're not going to have one of their guys like do their own thing and, you know, WWE that have something to do with it. That's this is nasty. That's nasty. Right. And I, I and think this, there's oh, this is this is the part where I feel like, man, you guys gotta get educated about this stuff now before you sign this This is this is well, this is history repeating itself. Yeah, I mean they they have to understand that 
you know, they're in a weird spot. But once you put the pen to pad, these these stipulations have already been agreed upon almost word of mouth. So if they're if they're they need somebody in that fucking room with them, which would lend to the fact that perhaps they need to go ahead and try to like you said, try to fucking unionize because at this point it's it's the same shit over and over again. I'm, that's what I'm saying. The age, the age of the thing is different from that because I don't see the unionizing working. Yeah, I don't see the begging and pleading working. I don't see the Twitter the Twitter things working. But I think, you know, saying going into the situation is smart. At this point, is your way out. <laughs> now, now this brings up just two quick points. Another aspect I'd like to entertain is another portion of why. And WWE is so aggressive in taking over these YouTube channels has to do, in my opinion, with three letters. BTE, and that's being the elite. New Japan let, you know, the Young Bucks, while they were under contract, do this little side project called being the elite, and it made them megastars to the point where they were able to easily break away and do their own thing. I think mm-hmm. that's one reason why WWE is, like, chopped down on these uh, gaming channels. And well, what I find ironic about the, you know, what you just said about the agents and stuff to that effect is, you know, The Rock or Dwayne Johnson, whoever we want to call it, just wrapped up a show called Ballers, where it's a show about a guy who used to be a pro, a pro football player, but now acts on behalf, you know, spends his time on behalf of the players trying to make sure they're not getting fucked over, which is exactly what wrestling needs. It needs a big profile person who actively, you know, I wouldn't talk, call them an agent. You know, I, I can't put the right name on it, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's something wrestling needs. Like, Please say, for on. example, yeah, like say one day John Cena was like, yo, these players are getting, uh, these wrestlers are getting screwed. Nobody's um, going to do that. Nobody's going to do that because it's going to affect their own personal bag because they're all individual brands. It'd be different if they were all, I mean, th- yes, they're all a part of the same fraternity, you know, whatever you call it with, when it comes to the WWE, but nobody else, nobody's going to band together to try to help somebody else's bag. Because but I'm, I'm, but I'm talking about people who have left the game. Still, there's st- you still have people. Look at you had the Rock and Roll Express still wrestling at this age. You, they they don't give a shit about anybody else's bag. Let's be completely honest when it comes to that. They're independent contractors. They could give two shits about what the other contractor is getting paid as long as it's not more than what they what they're making, and they're gonna fight for themselves. It, it that's the dangerous game that they've entered into as these independent contractors that it. You're not going to have anybody that's done that unless they've distanced themselves. And the only person that could have done something like that would have been CM Punk. But where did he show up Friday night? See, I don't think Punk ever I, gave that much about the game to do the like that, to be honest. Well, I'm saying like, as, as, as a, a big name to step up for somebody, someone who sat there and called out the company for their bullshit and their misdeeds, you could have had somebody like that, but... I, I just don't see somebody stepping up like that because they're all about their own power. And they can sit there and say whatever they want. They're, they want the movie deals. Roman Reigns just got a movie deal. It's just one thing after another, but they're all about protecting their own stuff. And, and, and it sucks because it could, do, it could do a lot 
one person can do so much for I don't so I don't many see here's the thing. I don't think it's that terrible. And I'm not I don't think we need a personal savior in a sense. Right. Okay. There's there there's I think there are plenty of lawyers out there. <laughs> Period to the end of that sentence. Okay. That's what I'm, that's what I'm really talking about at the end of the day. If agent is not a right word, lawyer is. But as I don't much, think as, as, as much as as much as you want to say anybody would want to say like that's something that doesn't seem to be affordable. Like at the end of the day, like every adult just in general needs to have a lawyer's phone number and probably a therapist. Like just just a general going across the board. <laughs> okay. Like we need a lawyer. <laughs> so I don't think anybody is above that. And you know, is prepaid legal still a thing? Yeah. yeah, that's that's sixty five bucks a month. <laughs> I mean, we just talking about somebody who just knows something about contracts that's going to read a contract and break it down to you. Like this is what you're signing. That's it. I mean, my whole thing is about buying in. Like you, you, you begin with the end in mind. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, say right. you look at like where you want to end up, and you start that from the very beginning. But I think there's. There's a, how do I say, there's a challenge in that regard. Because, mm-hmm. especially when they sign these contracts. Right. And again, we're talking post-John Cena. What wrestler has the power to change what's in a contract being presented to them? I mean, yes, they could say so. But that also could be the other, you know, WWE's like, well, kick rocks them. Well, because that's I, that, and that's where um, that's what I'm saying. They have no leverage. That's where it it it, it kind of tips the scale, though, because if there's too many quote unquote WWE worthy people who don't go to WWE that are willing to go on the record and say, saying that oh, because that contract is BS, that'll change. It's it's. I would I would have to say there have to be another option, and I don't think AEW's that yet. Okay, it, once it, again, it's, we're, it's, a, we're, it's a greener pasture, but it's not greener pasture. And you we're know. keeping it in the in the context of professional wrestling, but I'm talking about doing right. anything. Like, think about it: if you train to be a professional wrestler, there are so many other things that you can do. You know what I mean? If I train to be a professional wrestler, I'm 20 years old, mm-hmm. and I'm good at what I do. I've killed it on the indies, right? And, you know, I get the offer from WWE. I turn down that offer. Like, no, sorry, I don't like the contract. doesn't look good, right? Mm-hmm. I go on and do three movies. You don't think but that contract... But you're not going to do those. You're not going to get that movie deal. Why not? After turning away that... name. Let's name an independent wrestler who's gotten a movie. I'm not saying this ha- hasn't happened yet. I'm just saying, like, WWE is not the gatekeepers for Hollywood. And Hollywood is not all that anymore either. Correct. That's what we so, see. But for them, it, it, it appears because, look, the, the, the performance center still is bringing in people by droves. Right. All I'm saying, all, all I'm trying to say is this. I don't sign a contract. I'll go through three movies. That changes what that WWE contract looks like for me.
I mean, that's the only point that I'm trying to make. I'm not saying that it's happening yet. It's not happening yet because there is that sense of ignorance and heart that's that still kind of takes over. But I'm saying now is the time to be educated. I would I would say yes, I agree with you. But knowing devil's advocate, there are a lot of people that depend on that payday regardless of what they what they have to sell themselves for. Right. So they're not afforded that opportunity to be successful in the independent scene. Here comes their big moment and they're going to go ahead and play, you know, try to play smart when a lot of these people, do, you know, like we just said, uh, Thunder Rosa turned down a deal, did she not? She did. She did. That would have been well enough for her family. That would be the exception to the rule. Nine out of 10 of those wrestlers that get that offer are going to take that offer because that's probably yeah, more money. It is becoming more common. There is some hope there. Yeah. Okay. Because Kenny Omega turned down that deal. But Kenny Omega had mad leverage. Like yeah. crazy leverage. But that's but, what I'm saying, though. <laughs> that's but Kenny saying, Omega, though. but that's you, you're, 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 you're using Kenny Omega is a very bad example because very few people get, and I'm saying few, as in like history, like few mm-hmm. get are in a position like Kenny Omega was earlier this year. Like Kenny Omega went everywhere just about internationally before being step, you know, stepping to the WWE. It was already maybe arguably a bigger star than anybody who is in the company. I mean, but I'm even going presented to, with I, that contract. I, I'm either going to further your point because before Kenny Omega, there were none. Correct. But then and it was Kenny Omega, been- and then there was the Young Bucks, and then there was the Lucha Brothers, and now it's Thunder Rosa. I mean, I, it's I can't it's, it's drops in the bucket, but the bucket's not dry anymore. Is what I'm saying. Yes, but for every Kenny Omega, there's about fifty others. So it's not going to change from a WWE standpoint. They're going to move on. Not today. But why not? It's they have has the has the train stopped because these people have said no. I'm agreeing no. with you. I'm saying not today. Oh, okay. I'm literally just saying not today. I'm just saying the bucket is not dry anymore. That's all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> that means that, that's literally the only point that I'm making. The bucket is not dry anymore. Like, that change may not happen in our lifetime, but it's beginning. At a very minuscule level, it's beginning. And I'm just saying, like, people are collectively looking at the situation and figuring out how do we get out of WWE? So we're not having a conversation that they're not already having. They just know a little bit more better than us because they're in the situation and we're not. We're just fans speculating between the three of us. But it's the three of us versus 175 of them that are having this conversation of how we get out. So I'm hoping that at least one or two of the ideas that we've come up with is something that they're already thinking about. And it's already starting in terms of at least it starts with one or two people, you know, any movement starts with like one or two people to be like, you know what? That's not as cool as I thought it was. I'm not going to do that. 
And now you have to look at all the people who are looking at them. They might have, they don't have to be on the same level as them. Right now, there's a there's another company who that they work for that are not they're not on the same level as us, but they work with them right now. Being told that you know mm, you ain't got to do that. <laughs> like they're already being mentored right now, so we might not see for like the next ten to twenty years what that looks like. But the conversation that we're having right now on our little podcast has already been and it's only been a matter of time before we see something. It's just not going to be anything that we're going to figure out because everything that we figure out doesn't, it's, mm, that's not going to work. You say that's not going to work. Twitter, mm, that's not going to work. <laughs> so I guess the point is keep hope alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the I day, feel, I, I feel I feel like we should have played like some uplifting ass music as you said that, but <laughs> like some what was that? Remember the Titans? That was that speech you just gave. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, after after he's done, I should have gave him the cue. Like. <laughs> what I really wanted you to do, Ray, when he went on his rant about to this day, I needed to hear that sound back every time I said it. <laughs> to this day. Uh, we, we say, we're saving it to this day for uh, Saturday. Saturday uh, his, uh, fight, his upcoming fight. I have a really strange suspicion that he's going to lose. Mm. He's going to fuck up his Tyson Fury bag in February. I really have to feel that way too. Like he's primed for an upset, like a, a Buster Douglas type upset. Like that draw wasn't shit, but this is, yeah, I mean, I'm di- we digress. But... Let him take his L. <laughs> I mean, he's still going to do it regardless if you, because yeah, shit, Tyson Fury almost fucking lost. So. Right. It, all, it, all it is, it's about that. <laughs> Yeah. That's all it's about. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, you want me to get into who, who needs to get up out of here? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Not exactly related to what I just said. Got it. Um, I did want to make a comment on the fact that we've seen the Rock and Roll Express everywhere. Yeah, they've been <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere, they they are resurgent, and they kind of it kind of ties into like tag team wrestling. And I wanted to kind of look at tag team wrestling in the general under microscope and see where it is today. Um, see if those improvements have been made. But let's start with the Rock and Roll Express because I feel like if tag team wrestling wasn't moving in a certain direction that people liked, then we wouldn't have seen these guys again. Okay. Um, but between I, I want to say I want to put the onus on the NWA probably more else um these guys are, are 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 back in it man like it is insane it, it's it's just it, it's like a it's, it's like a two side it's a coin right it's like two sides it's like oh wow really cool that they're back but then at the same time it's like i was trying to get i was trying to get as much as we could off of that one side of the yeah I mean, it's it's cool. <laughs> I'm about to go in on this other side of the coin, yo. I'm I'm about to. Uh, <laughs> hold on, I'll, I'll give you. Ready? 
Let's go. <laughs> we're done. We have to be. We, it's, it's done. We got to be done with these nostalgic acts and kind of coming back and wanting to actually wrestle. It was very cool to see the Rock and Roll Express in person, meet them, shake their hands, bought a t-shirt, whatever, have a conversation with them. It was very cool at the idea that, that the Rock and Roll Express was going to crown the first ever AEW Tag Team Champions. Um, it was very cool just to see the, the Rock and Roll Express on the on the beginning vignette of those NWA power shows, knowing how much they've had to do with building that company up um, back in the territorial days and for them to kind of get their flowers. I want them to get their flowers. I don't want to see them inside the ring anymore. Yeah. I mean, we had them what? We, they were victimized by, uh, by proud Santana and Ortiz. Most, and now they're across the country, left and right. Doing the, doing, doing the slow motion, um, the, the slow motion Canadian destroyers. I like how you put that because you're being very kind to them. And that's, it's, it's and you know, and, and honestly, I don't even want to put it on just them. Okay. So let me just speak about the House of Glory show. Here we go. <laughs> oh, <hold> on. <laughs> um, when when Tommy Dreamer showed up in ring gear ready to wrestle and talked about like you know they didn't really invite me but I just showed up and now we're going to make this a three way uh, I wasn't I wasn't that excited to see him I, I, I'm sorry <laughs> uh, it was a cool moment he walked through the the gate. I mean, he walked through there with with the kendo stick, but I'm just like, oh god, I'm I really care more about these two guys that are in the ring that are trying to show me who they are. That's the that's the problem. These wouldn't you say that it happens more often with like the no, it just happens across the board. They focus on the stuff, and we talked about this what a few weeks ago. That wrestling is like the only ones that can kind of pull off these nostalgic acts because you don't see. You don't see Herschel Walker, uh, who's still fighting in the MMA somewhere. You don't see him putting lacing up his cleats and go, trying to run out on the field. It's just, uh, you know, hard. when um, I love my mama. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was <laughs> random. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love my mama too. Sure, sure, sure. If you happen to listen to this, I just I love you <laughs> with all of my heart. Um, my mom retired. She is. I'm forty, so she's sixty. She's sixty three years young. Did you just tell the audience what your age was? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we we didn't know we. More importantly, he told us how old his mama was. She might not. Like yeah, that. Mom's like, <laughs> she be mad as shit. <laughs> she, she's 63 years young and when I say that I'm not just being kind I mean like you know she, she, she's, she's not somebody who just kind of just sits there you know and kind of takes it in she, she gets out there she does things she's, she's hanging out she travels you know she does she does her thing you know not, nothing holds her back right when I see her take a flight of stairs it's probably not that big a deal, but it just breaks my heart every time I see it. And it just this is just me sharing something personal. You know? 
And you know, see, it's just probably just the way that she does it, just her kind of being preventative. Not, I've never heard her complain about anything about arthritis or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just probably just the way that she just takes stairs now, you know? But to me, it's just like, oh. it's just like, you know, you just, just, it's that, that one thing that you see with like parents or whatever that, that reality kind of sets in. Like, you're, you know what I'm saying? You're up there, they're up there. You know what I mean? It is just, it's just hard to see. So last night when I seen Devon Dudley get into the ring, mama, like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done with it. I don't want to, I don't want to see any of these unhealthy guys getting into a ring anymore. And it seems like we're, we're happy. It just happening more and more. Shout, shout out to Tully Blanchard because he's out there taking real bumps. He's, he's he's probably got the most healthiest healthiest knees of out of anybody who's ever called himself a horseman ever in life. So well, he got, got off the game early, didn't he? He did. Smart. Tully's got bills. <laughs> he's insured so he paid for himself. <laughs> he's probably the only bald, gray-haired guy who 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 looks remotely good at it. Okay. I just everybody else. I'm just like we've talked about the Undertaker stuff to to nauseum. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing with like Shawn Michaels, uh, even like Triple H. He's gonna tear something every time he gets his. Like I'm done. Like, do we I, really? I, I think this lends to a bigger problem that wrestling has as a whole at the moment. And it's something that we've casually talked about. I'm about it on air or I'm not. Mm-hmm. There are no draws in wrestling in, in many places. I, I would use AEW as a little bit of an exception at this moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'll speak from an American side. There are very few wrestlers, wrestler superstars, whatever we want to call them right now, who we would say we would pay to see that person. I'd pay 100 bucks to see that person. That list is small as it relates to current wrestlers. Yes, I would agree. So, um, and that's the way people have been booked or whatever case may be. Now, people are going to see promotions. Like, people are going to see WWE. They're going to see AEW. They're going to see Impact, New Japan, you know, because they just, you know, they're going to see that whole show. That's what they're going to see. And it's for the smaller promotions, and I, and I know bigger promotions do it as well, but I'm specifically talking about indie promotions. Since they don't have draws themselves, from, for, in most cases, they have to use these nostalgia acts as their draw. Like, for example, we call, we call ourselves partial suckers you know, to this trend because of this warrior show that we were, you know, contemplating down at Marion. Mm-hmm. You know, the only established star that we're excited to see is Will Ospreay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else, Suzuki's old as hell. Kurt Angle's old as hell. Um, Are you still talking about that warrior wrestler thing that we're going? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm using an excuse I'm going to see my daughter. 
She looks I mean, like around the corner from Marian Catholics out there. Yeah, you, but, you, you can go see your daughter. You don't need wrestling. <laughs> a $60 price tag to good there. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. Like, you know, in the case of, like, I heard Tommy Dreamer's reasoning for going. He felt like his presence would fill more seats. Right. People hearing that he was going to be at that particular show was going to fill more seats. And I'm pretty sure Bully Ray and Devon were thinking the same thing. Like, hey, if we come and we make a pop, it's going to bring people to the show thinking anything could happen. Well, so that's the thing, though. In order for that to happen, they would have had to have been advertised. But yeah. I'm... But again, that brings the point, the same entertainment value that the CM Punk surprise bullshit on backstage did. Yes, it would have drew more people to that particular show had they advertised his appearance beforehand. But by making it a surprise at the end of the show, they've guaranteed probably a lot more people are going to watch it next time. They're taking the Beyonce method for dropping shit overnight. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Well, they advertised that Ric Flair is going to be at their next show. Oh. That's cool. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know it's going to sound awful, but who wants to see Ric Flair right now? Not me. But there is a market for it. There is. And you're, I'm, I'm, you're a thousand percent correct, and that's I mean, going to be there. I would love to shake his hand. I would love to meet him. If he rolls oh, yeah. his eyes on that side of that ring... I'm out. I'm walking out. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm going to walk out. Hey, the same you way, ain't going all the way to New York just to rock out of a show, man. Calm down. First of all, I'm not going to New York for a wrestling show. I'm going over there to take over the DJ scene and to collect as much vinyl records as I can. Let's do it. Let's do it, Ray. <laughs> you, got, you got your boy over there in New York giving me the skinny. He's like, oh, you could be a DJ over here. First, you see how you threw the subtle shot? There's a nine-year-old over here. Or yeah, no, right? <laughs> he starts it off right there. She's a professional DJ. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. I follow her on Instagram. I'm, I'm aware of half of these kids that are on Instagram. See, that's just, that's just the creed of New York, if I could just speak about New York for a second. Anytime somebody wants to have any sort of event, a birthday party, a, a, a night out, you know what I'm saying, a, a graduation party, something, any, any little event, the first thing that the New Yorker thinks is DJ. Oh, I'm all. That's the very you, first thing they think. You have to sell. You you're not. You don't have to sell me on it. We were the same way when we had daytime parties. <laughs> we always looking for somebody to spit some records rather than putting the same song on on repeat. <laughs> and now, like, and now, and now, like, like mixers and like day parties are like a thing out here now. Tuesday after work sets. I would play some heat. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all the music that we love to listen to anyway. It's true. And New York has a great appreciation for good music. And music that they can understand and not go on rapgenius.com to see what the lyrics were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, and, and let me um let me shout out Lowkey once again. Let me shout out Lowkey because I didn't I didn't realize like on the indies, his interest music is The Truth by Benny Siegel. I don't know when the last time y'all heard that song, but ooh, 
Beanie Siegel. Beanie Siegel is still in rotation for me. There's nothing wrong with that. That's cool. Uh oh. Is she she's laughing at Beanie Siegel? Yes, the social network turned on. Oh, Sonia is not laughing at Beanie Siegel. I would have to explain who Beanie Siegel is. (laughs) But what was funny, and I wish I had my phone. <laughs> I, I had dinner with my in my mother in law today. Oh, um, she made us dinner. And w- tell me why I witnessed the thirty minute conversation of wrestling between them. What? <laughs> How many times we need to tell you you need to pull out your? Why you have it? Cut the recorder on and just leave it there. Like, don't say nothing. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Just, all this shit if you talk about Apple, how many apps do you have that actually record a conversation? Or the gold? I don't have an Apple phone, but I'll, I'll figure it out someday. <laughs> Jesus. And she went on her rant again about CM Punk, and that was pretty epic. I can't do it no justice. Uh. <laughs> right, babe? CM Punk's a fucking liar? Yeah. Yep. There she goes. See? There you go. tired talking about fucking CM Punk. That motherfucker... Dude, Dude, she was on fire, man. I, I couldn't get, I can't do her no justice. <laughs> he was sitting in here in Chicago. She, she was bringing up, she was bringing up like points and sub points and research and like, damn, babe. <laughs> hey, you, you, you know what her profession is. She's going to, there's going to, it's not just a rant for nothing. It's dude, something that she's put some thought into. Dude, and if that was in court, he'd be guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty of being a hypocritical ass bastard. <laughs> hey, he he he's got to do something because UFC is not going to let him come back, especially after he already had a two piece in a two piece in the biscuit to go to sleep. Right. I thought he was getting yes. in the horror movie. <laughs> well, I mean, shit. All you have to do is replay his couple matches. That's wow. scary enough for me. Yeah. Wow. Let WWE take over that that YouTube channel. <laughs> mm. Ugh, fuck that. <laughs> Ray, tell us how you feel, man. I'm just tired of the same. You know what? It's the same. It's the same thing, like with everything. All right. You're just tired of seeing the same old shit. It was clear as day that he was making his media run. Even in our own backyard over here at w- down the mm-hmm. street from it's a fucking leverage because he wants to get paid. It's not that he's gonna sit there and go. Of course, he could have taken the bag for AEW, but you know he's gonna try to take the bigger bag, and the bigger bag is always from the mothership. Stop it! It's it's fucking it's a fucking joke at this point. Well, it's first of all, first of everybody, all, everybody's already asking. Look at Seth Rollins, punk ass, fight me. Oh, fuck off, Seth. You need to w- worry about uh, whether you're going to wear black or white at your next fucking wrestling match. Okay, so I guess we can start We can start part, part one and two of the CM Punk thing. Because <laughs> we're here now. We're, we've arrived. So, so let's, put some, let's put some facts out there. Here's the thing. The facts are that there is no, there is no facts. There is no facts. There is no facts yet. So mm-hmm. here's the thing that we know for sure. It's actually... It's a Fox paycheck. Yep. Okay. It's not a WWE paycheck. So that's where we're at so far. The only other thing that we need to look at is what the overnight when the show actually airs next week to see if it worked. 
Yep. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You, this is completely, totally 100% reactionary. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, so there's a lot of things I am curious about. And the one thing is about the numbers itself. Um, 50,000 viewers is a pretty embarrassing number for a WWE. Um, especially when you consider that the preview show that they did um, that was tied to like the, the World Series mm-hmm. did 600,000. Right. Um, so, but at the same time, the time that the show airs on FS1, the show that came on previously, which I believe had something to do with like college football, yeah. it did 19,000. A 19,000 that FS1 is completely okay with. What day what day does this air on? Was it Tuesday <laughs> nights, right? Yep. Huh? Tuesday and nights like, out here it's a it's eleven, so it's ten cents. Right. Yeah. It's just the timing shitty. Right. You had the but, first but, episode but we seen we saw what I mean we, we talk about numbers. We see the declining numbers on viewership every week when it comes to these wrestling shows. It's like I'm not staying up till 10 o'clock on a fucking Tuesday night to watch this shit. But that's what I'm saying, though. They they did an increase in viewers of 25,000 from the previous show to that one. The, the, show that, the show that comes on right before the WWE show did 19,000, and then it went up to, jumped up to 50 or 49. Okay. So... Yeah, like you said, the real telltale will be next week. And to see exactly, you know, say whose ego are we actually stroking when we're talking about an FS1 show? Because mm-hmm. it seems like 49000 for an FS1 show is great. <laughs> it's something that Fox is just not mad at unless they're, they're really trying to get their money's worth for that billion dollars that they paid for. I wonder with the Fox Sports Net, I mean, because I'm pretty sure you can stream it from the app. I mean, I wonder if that also accounts. Or if that's just live viewership for the no, it's gonna be it's gonna be overnight numbers, so it's gonna include the streams. Yeah, it's gonna include the streams. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get that number like Wednesday around three o'clock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It should be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting to see it. I'm- so I mean, so, so so between the WWE ego and the Fox ego for FS1 show, what are we expecting? I don't think it's gonna happen. You, you, I think. I think I think people are going to be un- because how I say this, and I I I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing here that people didn't wait all this time to see CM Punk talk shit. They okay. waited all this time to see him in a ring, yeah. to see him face to face cutting a promo. I don't think it's with like a Daniel Bryan or something to that effect. I don't think him talking shit about WWE is new. I mean, I do I think there'll be a little uh, uptick? Yeah. I would say max. And uh, this is a far reach. I say max 500,000 people watch this show. And okay. I'd say it would, I, and and I'm giving that from a advertised CM Punk is back. Let's see what the fuck is going to happen type scenario. Not necessarily from a I'm invested, I want to watch this show scenario. Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely, of course. Like, I, and now, if he comes out and he plays tame for, you know, that episode and doesn't, like, completely pop off at the mouth, like we know CM Punk can do, mm-hmm. we're going right back to 100000 the next week. 
100,000 is still a good number for that show. But that's what it did last week. That's what it did last week. That's 100,000. 50,000 was the first show. The second show that CM Punk ended on, um, it was 100,000 okay. for that show. Um, but yes, 100,000 is decent, you know, I, I guess for that show. But again, well, we don't know shit, but I'm not guessing that CM Punk is sitting in that chair for anything less than six figures. Oh, absolutely. With that kind of money being played, I don't think, you know, sitting around 100000 is good enough. I mean, it may be for some. I mean, I don't have Fox money to really... I would put it closer to a million. Okay. I think a million. I think somewhere in the ballpark of seven figures is what he... Right. So, I'll put but it... I, I've watched the show both times. And while I've been mildly entertained by it, it, there's nothing on it that is unmissable from week to week. Nothing. At all. And he's not going to be on this show every week. That is also the case. Well, that's great. I've never seen the episode. As soon as they announced that Booker T was going to have something to do with it, I knew it was going to be something that I wasn't going to be interested in. Yeah, I, I don't same, need. I, I don't need to watch an extra show of somebody telling me stuff I already know. The yeah, best I, part about the show, in my opinion, is Renee Young having a fucking blast. Because <laughs> like that give a fuck button has been turned off when she's on that show for some reason. Oh, I hope she drinks before she goes on the show. Yeah, and Paige up. seems to have fun on the show. Everybody else is, is trash, in my opinion. They just playing and, it safe. And apparently, Fox kept that quiet. The CM Punk thing. Everyone mm-hmm. was in the dark about it except for Renee Young. That's good for them. I mean, I'm, you're going to keep it close to the vest. I mean, they only signed the contract a few days ago before right. he actually showed up. So, And just from my perspective, like when I saw it live, I was very, how do I say, intrigued by the reactions of the people who were actually on the show when he came out. Mm-hmm. The only stiff. one who gave a real reaction was fucking Paige. Paige, yeah. Oh, no I mean, way. Adam Cole did like an air guitar thing, but, you know, Booker T, of course, tried to pull himself over immediately. I knew that was going to happen. No, I didn't. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. And then, you know, his best friend for like ever. Yeah. But he just smiled. Like, yeah. he, I mean, he's got a broke ass arm. He ain't going to do too much. But, you know, that was key to me. Like, you got no pop out of this guy coming out at all. Nope. I, it's, I don't think it's going to be a successful thing. I, and I don't think it's CM Punk. I just think the concept of the show is lacking at best. Like, mm-hmm. I think that should be a studio audience in there at least. Yeah. That would be, that would be much more intriguing if it was a primetime show. But you no, know, 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night, and it's, it's filmed like exactly what you would expect to see before a pay-per-view every other month. Yeah, right. Like, like, the, I said, like Booker T, like that's that to me, that's the linchpin for me is Booker T being involved. Booker T is a company yeah. guy. Yeah, he's very if, much. If, if anyone, any, anybody else, I would even accept it Paige, even though she just recently signed a con- another contract. Because to me, that would have been like, okay, maybe we can kind of go into some things that, you know, the WWE would probably otherwise, you know, censor. Hmm? 
But it, I totally feel like that that Booker T's pressing is there, so like we're all going to be on the up and up. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not going to watch the show. I'm just going to wait for the reactions on Twitter. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it'd be interesting to see exactly what his role is going to be. To keep on saying some sort of analyst role or whatever. I don't want him on there analyzing matches. Who Punk or Punk? I don't want anybody to be honest with you, but yeah. I don't want that to be Punk's role. I'm thinking more like, what was the guy on Channel Two that used to do Walter Jacobson? Yeah, he's not gonna do that. No, I, I get what you're saying though. That's what I, I would want be him cool. to do. I, it would I, be a better. It would be a, a absolutely good role. Walter Jacobs' perspective. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would be great, but we'll see. Something that yeah. tells me that these are the views uh, and opinions of CM Punk and not of Fox in the WWE. Phil Brooks. You know what I'm saying? Give him the live mic that he wants. Because that's the only other thing that I want. I'm not really I'm not even really crazy about him seeing him back in the ring again. Me personally. And no. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the biggest CM Punk fan there is. Yeah, I, um, I agree with you there. Give him a mic and let him be, you know, say who he is and let him say what he wants to say. And if he's a nice person now, then I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I still think he's a dick, but that's fine. <laughs> but I mean, and you know, not not to get too far away from this show um, and punk. But I tell you what, it's a fun show to watch. Just for me, that new bump show is funny. That they okay, have. because it's basically kyla braxton and what seems to be her friends just acting a damn fool talking about wwe mm. and it's like genuine ass reactions you know and it, and that's the, it's kind of like an extension of that like watch along show that they have during pay-per-views which is fun to watch right you sometimes know, more, more entertaining than the actual paper <laughs> you know like she had one episode for halloween where she um, recreated that um, scene where Shawn Michaels was super kicking everybody. Yeah. She dressed as Shawn Michaels and was like pretending like kicking people and then like threw candy on them and shit. <laughs> it's just clowning. And like, that's the kind of fun I want to have in a, in a show that's separated from everything else. You know, when it comes to WWE, you know, but I don't know. This backstage show, it has a lot to be desired to see punk. To see that, how Punk came back out, just left a really bad immediate taste in my mouth. Like, I would, I would, I would caution you to to curb your expectations when it comes to Fox Sports and what they do broadcasting wise, because there's nothing really fun with it. Even what used to be really fun was that the Fox like Sunday NFL. Yeah, so that's no, no, no. It's no, it's, I agree with it's, yeah, it's just even their college football stuff, they're trying to do these trendy dances. It's it's almost fucking laughable when you see it. It's just almost cringeworthy at, at times. So it's just it's gonna be along that same lines and I guarantee you Fox is dictating it because it's Fox. We gave you the bag. They're gonna be able to creatively control what goes on in that show and I don't I'm not gonna watch any episodes of it. I don't know. I'm just I, I this 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 week without wet wrestling was kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was nice to take a little reprieve. I mean, 
Rod had to go across the, you know, he went across to the East Coast, but he still found wrestling. Wrestling's everywhere, but I sit here with my lovely wife on Wednesday night. Nah, let's watch Not something fair. else. <laughs> so I guess in terms of the stuff that I've actually, because I haven't, I did, I've missed Wednesday night completely. Yeah. I did watch SmackDown. Um, I would say there's the, the only little tidbits that you missed that I thought were pretty cool. Um, number one on SmackDown. Uh, there was a, uh, it, it turned out to be like a four on four, uh, women's match. Uh, I did the, see, the uh, yeah, I saw that where, the, uh, they gang up on Bailey. Right. So it turned mm-hmm. into a match mm-hmm. and like the only cool part is they, they made you want to see, um, Sasha Banks versus, uh, versus my girl. Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Rhea Ripley. Um, if you thought that the match between, uh, Chad Gable and Baron Corbin was cool. Um, either in the finals of of the um, King of the Ring or even back in NXT when they had their match, I think that Sasha and and um, Rhea could have the same type of match. Wow, that's high praise. They they teased it. They um Sasha did a couple things in that ring and Rhea did a couple things in that ring during that little face off. That I was like, okay, I want to see this I'm down. So, and those clips are on Twitter, so you can just catch that. Just you know, yeah. have to suffer through the whole show. Yeah. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be like totally honest. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to invest myself in WWE products until this invasion angle is over. Right, because I know you're you're not you're not feeling it at all. I'm not feeling it. it, it and I got to go back to my wife, my lovely wife. You know, she's calling out stuff like I ain't even talking to her about. It. She's like, okay, let me get this straight. So, Sissy Girl, this is what she calls them. She doesn't know their name. She doesn't care. <laughs> sissy Girl here, they're fighting each other on Wednesday, and then they show up on Friday, and they help each other. That's stupid as shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, you know, and, 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 and it just... It's, like, it, it's lame storytelling. It's lazy. It, <laughs> it's, it's lazy just, as shit. The thing is, I feel like they've always, they've always done that. It's just more egregious now because they got this third party. Well, yeah. yeah. But now what it has intrigued okay. me to think about, and we go back to when they announced they weren't going to do a takeover for Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I do have a feeling that the, at least for the big four, the pay-per-views are going to be tri-branded going forward. Rightfully so, though. Which is going to be entertaining to... A great extent. I think it's going to make for longer pay per views, which is going to suck. Well, I I don't. I would caution you to say not longer, but more. Uh, we it's the same thing like the music industry right now. There's too much quantity over quality. You can put six hours worth of wrestling, but if only one and a half hours are appetizing, then you're going to lose me for the next pay per view period, or the ne- one of the four pay per views. Mm-hmm. If they're gonna do continue to make this push with the lazy story writing that NXT is no longer the development league but a its own third brand, then you better well showcase it properly throughout the entire thing. They have some really good belt holders right now with Roderick Strong, with Adam Cole, with uh, who's their tag team or oh, the, the the entire undisputed era at this point, and then mm-hmm. you have with the women's division with Shayna Baszler. I mean, you've got good matches. We even have the Cruiserweight Championship with Leo, Leo Rush. You can have outstanding matches where we don't have to have 
Lacey Evans versus Natalia in this the second is, hour. This is sad. The amount of Ray of talking that Ray is doing is so depressing for somebody who has not. And you can just go right back and talk it into like the depressing stuff about WWE. This is sad. This is what <laughs> WWE does to people. It's just made me and I'm sad. Yeah. I'm sad Ray I, 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 <laughs> I just I'm fatigued. I'm angry. My hair is going gray. And I'm tired of watching the same <laughs> shit. <laughs> what have you done to me? I had so much promise at the beginning of the year. You had me. And then, you know what? I, I think when I, I got kind of got fed up, and I'm going to be straight up with you. It just doesn't just about WWE. I don't want to watch another AEW unless you're showcasing new talent. You okay. So that would be the other cool thing yeah. that I just want to point out about. Because <laughs> I got, I got, I got five minutes of good. The the yeah. only other the only other cool thing that I saw this, um, the whole thing with um MJF. Yeah, that was outstanding. I saw the the Twitter and uh, what do you call it, the Instagram highlights. That was pretty fucking cool. I love everything about it, and I love the way that it ended up with um that guy. That they were been they've been breaking in forever. Warlow. Yeah. To be like Mac MJL's heavy, like I'm down. Yeah. This seems so perfect. Was, to me. was that the guy that uh defended his honor in a parking lot on the rooftop? Yep. Yeah. That it went from daylight to nighttime in a heartbeat? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um Yeah, no, that was cool. I mean we know MJF is in any business right now. Period. Um, it's good to see that they're gonna. Whether he's gonna be the face, uh, we know he's gonna be a heel. But I mean, he's gonna end up being eventually the face of this company. For he's super young too. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just again. I'm where accountability, where we hold WWE accountable. You're still showing me the same forty percent of the fucking roster that you you talked about, but you have sixty percent that hasn't been shown. I am tired of seeing the promos on Instagram and everything else. Then, oh no, here we go. Santana Ortiz versus the Young Bucks. Oh no, it's another mixed match where it's Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page. No, man, it's the same shit. It's the same. It's just in a different order, or it's a different. I, I'm sure it's good, all in good for everybody that's eating it up and all the the stands that want to sit there and say WWE versus. You still haven't shown me anything new. It's still the same. This is where I feel like we suffer with live television and touring, doing a doing a different live show in a different city every week. Um, this is this is where because this is a problem that I've long had with the WWE August in terms of like building these other storylines that could be interesting for television. It's the fact that the matter is, is that when you're doing these live, you're doing this in front of a live audience in a different city, as a ticket holder, it's unfair if last week they got this wrestler and this week you don't get it on, on, on your ticket. Mm -hmm. But to like the television viewer, it's the same thing over and over again. And I yeah. think this is, where, this is the strength in NXT, um, or at least that's, that's what the strength has been for NXT pretty much all the way up until they, they, they gone into television and even a little bit on television, you know, so they kind of have the strength. Um, whereas I think NXT needs to do a little bit more touring. 
I think AEW could stand to do a little less touring, um, especially since it seems like studio shows are becoming more popular. Um, and it kind of takes the pressure off of you have to sh- show up in a different city every week, you know, saying to do a live show. Um, if you stay in a stationary uh, uh, location for at least two or three weeks, then maybe you have three weeks of, you know, saying different storylines that you can go go in. Mm-hmm. So that when you go on tour, you you know, saying you can build these matches that, you know, saying it just be beneficial for everybody, um, the television goer and the ticket holder. Um, so I just, I just, I, I really just want to kind of chalk it up into, you know, uh, a learning curve. You know, I feel like out of everybody, AEW is doing the best job in terms of trying to rotate that certain talent out and other talent in. It is kind of taking long. I'll give you that. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they could have got to a lot of different things, especially the way that you see AEW Dark moving. Like, all AEW Dark, we kind of get something different every week. Um, yeah. And it should be the same thing for their television. So, you know, um, but I can understand why it's not so much. But I do see them, it does look to me in terms of storyline, like they're trying to rotate those guys out as quickly as yeah. possible. You know that, and you know that no one... At this point, I think it's pretty clear that no one on the elite, at the, as of right now, is going to touch any of those titles anytime soon. No. So but that's the thing. We're still seeing them prominently on TV. They're already broadcasting that it's Matt Jackson versus one of the uh, one of the guys from Santana and Ortiz on Wednesday night. Right. So it's like the left leg is out, but the right leg is still. In. It's exactly. It's the same thing. It's the same dilapidated well, method, and it's just. Yeah, we're 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 saying exactly. Glass half empty, glass half full. And, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know what turned me off? It's like, because I'm on Instagram a lot. I'll, I, and we've I, we've given them their flowers when it comes to the social media thing, that they have a really good grasp on it, that they put pri- premium content and not just, you know, just silly, stupid shit with, like, Seth and, uh, Seth and Becky kissing and stuff like that. You know, it's it's good content. But it's like when I when I open it up and I see that the first match it, it, it's SoCal you know SEU which is fine because they're the belt holders they should be retaining right fighting champions, mm-hmm. but it's versus Jericho and Guevara. I, I just like no, no, no I'm good. I think maybe it was just that day I was just like annoyed or whatever the case may be with wrestling as a whole. But then I see the second match that they had, Hangman versus Pac. Have we not seen that before? Or well, this would be the third time. This would be the official rubber, the rubber match. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I'll say this about the whole AEW thing, and it brings me up to two things that I'll, I'll say about it. And the first is, I can't, it's hard for me to, to get too hard on AEW with it being six weeks in. You're a homer, that's why. That's fine. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, but I also know, because I've heard it, hundreds of times from wrestlers that wrestling storylines are made months out. And Yeah, when you do it right. Yeah, right. New Japan. But I'm saying it like doing it months out kind of lends to believe you're going to be using the same people throughout that time. Um, they do pepper new people in from time to time. And what else I know from a lot of this stuff going on with AEW is a lot of these people are still taking other dates. Um, there's only a f- 
a select number, I would say. I mean, it's still a lot of people who are technically on the AEW roster who still have dates booked in other places. So I can't see them being invested in long-term storylines until those dates are up completely. Until they can commit to being... Here's Here's the thing. Who are those wrestlers that you're speaking about? The Orange Cassidy's of the world, the the okay. Sunny Kiss. I mean, these these that's people are two. wrestling at other places like tomorrow. That that's two people. No, I'm talking. There's more. There's a ton more. But we've seen them on the roster. Right. They did. If you go to their website, okay. If you go to their website, what you see on TV is essentially their roster. Okay, but you understand the point that I'm making. I'm I do holding understand that, the point. I'm, I'm holding I do understand that the point. Word, to their words that we've only seen a fraction of what the roster is. Is that because this is what we have now? Because it's not being clarified. It just sounds like it's empty, just empty words thrown out there just to keep people. And I'm going to be free. And I'm going to be frank as someone looking at the program. I don't care. As long as I'm entertained week by week when I watch it. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Ray is not entertained. Oh, I'm I get it. I know, that's what I'm saying. If he's not entertained, same, I get it. For somebody, for somebody that's been through the WWE, been through WCW, WCW fell flat. At what point do you start seeing people like myself sit there and say the same thing about this, that this is falling flat? And that's only because I'm holding them to their words because they're not expounding upon them. It's not Tony Khan saying it. It's somebody like Brandy Rhodes, who's in one of the heads, Cody Rhodes, one of the heads. You have them sitting there saying that this is only a fraction of the roster. Who else is out there that you've signed? That's, we understand that there's other tour dates, and you're making a great, a great argument for them. But when you don't know who else is out there for the casual people that watched it, for the new fans and you know, first-time watchers, who else is out there that you keep telling us that this is only a, a fraction of the roster? That's what I have a problem with. Just tell us straight out that this is what, what you see is what you get. I don't need to go to a website to do that because I can do the same thing with WWE, and I can sit there and show you the same 25 people that we see on TV are okay. more than likely featured prominently on the website. Okay. It's just I, I'm holding them to what they're saying to us. But I prefer, I prefer, to be, I prefer them to hold some of their cards and surprise me later. That's just me. That's I, I like a long story. I don't want I don't want it all blown in my face in, in the first few months. And now I've seen it all and now I'm not gonna watch it anymore. You know what that is to me? That's NXT. I know the NXT is entire roster right now. No one could pop out through that curtain that I haven't seen in the last few weeks. I do want it from time to time when I watch AEW be surprised about who comes to the screen because I haven't seen them in a, in the last few weeks. I don't want to, I mean, but I do understand your point completely about, you know, we're tired of seeing the elite every week. That I get. But again, that goes back to the draw standpoint. The elite are the draw right now. The people who are going, who are, and I'm not going towards everybody, but I am, there is a select number, and I would guesstimate it at least a third of people who buy tickets for AEW right now, want to see the elite. 
That is who they're paying to come see. They're not come, coming to see the best friends. They're not coming to see the Dark Order. Frankly, they're not coming to see the, the women's division. As a draw, as a reason to sell tickets right now, that is the elite. And as they phase themselves out, what it appears they're starting to do, because all of them are taking L's, to bring up these other wrestlers. Hopefully, you know, and I'm still optimistic that, you know, you know, more will come out and we'll have a giant roster. Remember, they only have three hours of programming a week. They couldn't have a big roster and flow them through three hours of programming a week. That's so just I, my, my thought process on it. So I didn't, I didn't watch it in the, on the Wizard Name products and rating either. Um, do you, did you watch um, AEW this past Wednesday? I did. Uh, just one question. Was Sunny Kiss on there yet? Sunny Kiss has done Dark. He hasn't done the, the regular one yet. No, no, no. We asked about Wednesday. We didn't ask about Dark. <laughs> no, he hasn't. And okay. frankly, I don't care that he has it. You don't. I know. That's yeah, what so I'm saying. I'm speaking for myself. Point. You've seen Sunny Kiss many times before. The only time we've seen recently was that dark match with Dustin Rhodes, correct? Where they had matching outfits? Correct. But I'm going to be frank. Even as a casual fan, am I missing Sunny Kiss? My, okay. Am I it's missing not, Sunny Kiss on Wednesdays? It's not, it's not so much that, though. I'm sitting there saying, again, this is me holding them to their word. If your draw is the elite, if your focus is to put butts in seats, us watching the TV, then say it that way. Don't sit there and throw smoke in my fucking face as a consumer as who's tired of watching the same shit at WWE when you keep telling me that it's going to be oh, Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt. Then all, what was it next week? Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. You just changed the fucking name on me. It's the same hook, line, sinker shit. I don't give a shit that it's if if we're not huge fans of Orange Orange Cassidy continues to get a huge bump and he's not wrestled a damn match. Sonny Kiss, I don't think is going to be prominently featured. That's that's to each their own. Let me let me deal with that for a second. Okay. Um, the fact that you don't think that's going to happen is very telling. Um, to me because the one thing that I kind of hold their feet to the to. Uh, on a statement that they made is the the commitment to diversity on this program okay. and commitment to diversity at the top of the card. Before? What diversity have you seen so far? If we're gonna if we're gonna talk about that, we're two two, two, two blonde guys were determined to be the contender. The belt. One blonde guy beat the other blonde guy, and, and only has defended it up against another blonde guy with. Face makeup and then another blonde guy. Okay. I'm, it's, it, it, it pisses and it'd me be, off. It'd be something that I feel like I would just kind of just enjoy, you know, so I'll, I'll be that, you know, shut up and just enjoy it guy. Okay. But they said it. So. And, um, that's, and that's what I'm sitting here. I, you know, we're, that's what my whole, the whole point is the accountability aspect of this. It's like, I would have never given a shit about this had you not told me that this was a fraction of the roster, that we're going to be pushing diversity, that we're going to be doing this, we're going to be doing that. So I'm, I'm going to use, I'm going to use, 
I'm going to use our, our Wiseman media powers right now. Okay. Because I know that the WWE just got us tapped. <laughs> maybe AEW is so new that they don't have us tapped, but I'm going to use this power right now. I'm going to put this energy out there. You ready? Let's do it. One day, within the next few weeks, Chris Jericho is going to come out. He's going to be all cocky. He's, he's going to come out with a with with a uh, with a little bit of the bubbly in his hand. <laughs> he's going to strut down to the ring, and he's going to be all cocky and say that there's nobody in the company that can hold him. The only threat that he had might have been MJF, but they're buddies now, so he's not coming from him either. So, who in the back? Wants to take a shot at me for the title, and then I'll, I'll walk Sunny Kiss. I would be happy to see that. Sunny Kiss takes someone, and they have a competitive match. Jericho still goes over, but not only do you give Sunny Kiss the platform to show off what he can do inside the ring. Because it goes beyond the gimmick. Um, we saw that on the AEW Dark Match from last week. Um, he's got tons of in-ring ability. But not only that, he's flexible. And whenever you put a flexible person inside of the ring with somebody who has a nasty uh, submission hold, you can really sell the story of, oh, Chris Jericho has to really crank on this move. He has to really work a little harder than anybody, you know, on, on putting Sunny Kiss down than anybody else so far. Right. Because you can get away with the, oh, this is the toughest match that Chris Jericho has had to date in the company. It's only been six weeks. Just like they're they're pushing the whole, he's the youngest AEW champion in, his, in, in which history. Which is historical. Which, which I love. I absolutely love, love it. So why it's early enough, we can get that one over and just make Sunny Kiss just another threat. I'm just putting it out there. It would be great. It would be great to see something like that. But, like, I mean, it, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm only just holding them to what they're telling the consumer, us. Mm-hmm. It's not something that, <laughs> okay, it's the same thing over and over again. It's what they're telling us. Doesn't match yeah. up with what they're showing us. They've, they've, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner, just like the WWE does with their booking. Yeah. Um. And you know, kudos to them. They were just excited about what their their product was going to do, and, and they they wanted to answer it. But yeah, now it's time. And like I see, I see it happening in a sense. I just don't know what direction they're they're going with it. I just do know that. They clearly established that nobody from the elite is going to touch a title anytime soon. So, you know, so if they want to, so for me, they get a check for me for that. Okay. Um, I appreciate them trying to keep Sammy Guevara in, in the conversation. Um, he can use another singles match. I don't need to see him next to just, just Jericho again, three weeks in a row. So I'll give you I'll give you that as well. Like let's 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 put them in a singles match. And I'm, yeah. I'm just because I can't use my platform responsibly. Sammy Guevara versus Sonny Kiss. You take my money for that one. Absolutely. It's already happened on dark. Again. It, it counts. 
Okay. It counts. I, yeah. see, see, I had no idea. Do I go on YouTube to watch AE Darby Dark? No. That's a choice you make, though. It's part but of the programming. But what numbers matter more to them? The TV deal that they sign? That they have to uphold all these... What? Reasons? It's on TV, too. What? The AEW Dark? Yeah. Comes on Tuesdays. On what channel? On TBS. Hmm. On TBS? Is it TBS or TNT? I've seen it on TV. I've watched it. Hmm. That shows you how much I know about that. That's cool. But I mean, yeah. I just, I, I I just think I'm I'm just speaking for myself. I think right now, it is way too early to be judging on this. November, but that's that's been over a month. But see, that's that's the great thing about our show. The premises of our show is that we have different levels of fan. And yeah, I, I agree. I just, I yeah, like, this, this I'm is, just blown away that like we go in this hard. Well, I mean, like turn like a page. You're eleven months into the year. Uh, you, you, I think you missed like a show or two, Sean. He's like Ray's been really going hard on this for like the past five weeks. Like this is not, really? this is not new. He's already to like, he's already to like his boiling point. He's already like, like no. <laughs> okay. And, um, at, at this point. When you sit there and serve yourself up as the other alternative to it, and it's no different than the other product that you're trying to dr- draw me away from, I'm just going to turn it off and watch fucking reruns of Nailed It. It's okay. just that simple. But I'm not the only one that's going to end up feeling like that. I know there's a bunch of stands on social media that, yeah, a- anything AEW, gold and stuff like that, to each their own. We respect your opinion. But that doesn't mean I have to agree with it. I'm just going to sit there as, like we said, as responsible host of this podcast. When you tell me, when you feed me a bunch of fucking lines and I don't see anything come of it, it's been 11 months, regardless of the fact. It's been 11 months. The only diversity that you had was Nyla Rose contending for the title. Otherwise, it's been Jericho. It's been Hangman. It's been the same shit. That we sit there and give WWE, are we not for the culture? It's the same shit over and over again. Don't sit there and tell me that if this is the roster that they have, you 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 failed on your you failed on the mission statement that you put out there in January. And so yeah, in November, I don't give a shit if they've been on the TV for a couple months or a month or a half. You failed. You so far you failed to live up to that to, that promise that you gave out there. Your mission statement. It's 11 months. When are you going to see something different? Wardlow's not something different. Wardlow apparently checks all the boxes that WWE would have us believe, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I see something different. I'll just put it back down. That's cool. I mean, that's why we have it, right? Because I see diversity in what I'm seeing. I see a women's division that doesn't have a blonde lady in it. Yeah, that's why I'll give them credit for. I'm just saying, like, I see diversity. I see it. I see different every single week. In my yeah. and just what I'm seeing, I see a drastically different product from WWE. Three weeks, three weeks on this podcast, I called them out for 
the lack of diversity in the the women's division, in the lack of depth and diversity in the women's division. I know, I mean, I know we have a bunch of women from stardom, you know, right? That that came in and it was just, you know, but it seems like you know, you know, they really they were they were kind of really giving us the Britt Baker thing to, in the same way. The thing that, that we feared about Hangman Adam right. Page, we were kind of getting with Britt Baker. But since since I've said that, and I don't know if they were listening to us at that point, but since I've said that, I've, I've seen the depth in the women's division, so I'm willing to give them credit for that. Um, that they acted on that. I, I have no idea what Brandy Rose is doing right now, but. At yeah, least her, at least her and Karma on TV. That's a whole nother fucking podcast. <laughs> I guess, you know. That's a I mean, whole nother fucking podcast. I don't know where they, they came out of um, nowhere. And it's like, what? And, they, and that kind of like, that, that, that I guess that's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at with the quote unquote stalemate that I am because I'm willing to give them credit for the women. I'm not willing to take them off the hook for the top of the card. Okay. Um, Okay, I'm gonna, put you, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put you. I'm gonna stop this because I've had a problem with this for a while. And just in general with wrestling. Okay, who do you want to see at the top of the card? And okay. I'm not saying you in general. I'm just saying, like, I, I hear a lot of this from people that you know they want to see something different at the top of the card. But when we start naming names, it's hard to do so. Okay, if we're gonna have that conversation, we gotta figure out exactly what the boxes are. Because, but the, I'm saying, like, you say I'm in the top like, of the card, like, just put whoever like, you want I feel, there. I feel like what will limit us in like a conversation like that is us trying to define it by by another company standards. Why oh, couldn't? Yeah. Why? Why? Okay, I'm just let's just let's just wear his name out until we can't say it no more. Why couldn't Sonny Kiss be AEW World Champion? I don't want to see it. <laughs> I'll just put Why? it that way. I, I just, he does, I'm going to be honest with you. Sonny Kiss does nothing for me. Okay. That's a, it, like, that's a bad example for me, Sonny Kiss. Okay. But that, I mean, that just puts that, at, puts that, that just puts us at odds. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying, I mean, you're just throwing the name just randomly. Like, would you legit want him to hold the belt? Why not? It'll be something different. No, not why not? Would if that you got the pen, you're putting a belt on Sunny Kiss. Okay, because I'm that much desperate to see something different, to tip okay. the scale in the opposite direction from what we've been seeing. Like but I'll that's give the you... only reason you're doing it. And if that's the reason you're doing it, you're defeating the person who's of doing it. He just complimented Sunny Kiss's in ring ability. In ring ability, exactly. But you're but then say then just commit to it. Like I believe He's a champion. You're saying you're just doing it just to change the culture. No. It's Sonny Kiss, that dude, that could carry a company. What, what do you mean, that dude? Like, and that, that person. Why just, couldn't like, he? I'm not saying why couldn't he. If you say that he can, tell me how. I mean, I'm not, I, I, don't, I just don't understand what you want me what to say. Is, we want people at the top of the card. We were right. different at the top of the card. Right. But the pool is thin. In terms of And that's not gonna happen overnight. But I'm saying I think you're going off of a rubric and I think you need to explain that rubric. Of available stars right now. Available. What does that mean? The He's whole on the show. gambit. I, you have you don't have AEW, you have Rod Wrestling. 
I'm giving you a title belt. Who are you putting that title belt on? Anybody in the game. See, I feel like I could put that on anybody. It's the industry that doesn't feel that way. All right. That be, that's what I'm saying. We had that conversation a while back when we talked about checking off the boxes and how like Kofi Kingston fits into those fits into that canon. Why he hasn't been a, a WWE champion up until the point that he got the got the belt. And he only got the belt because of other reasons, not because he checked off boxes. But when he got the belt, there was nothing wrong with him having that belt. Correct. He didn't have to check off those boxes, and he still put the belt on him. But he checked off the reasons. only box that matters. What box? And that's the, the fans wanted it to happen. I'm okay. sure the fans didn't want him to get F5. Then. No, they didn't. But and they reacted accordingly. Mm. And sometimes you do things just to piss off fans, which is what they did. That's is not that, what I did that. Well, no, no, that's what WWE No, I mean, there's other reasons, guys. I know that. No, I'm saying that's not. I'm saying that's that's not the reason. <laughs> There's a difference between doing something to actor. What you do things just for heat? They they did it's, not give a shit about him. They wanted that belt. On no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't say they gave a shit about him. I said they used him to get heat. Well, that's why it's they like they him had the way to he because did. he had the belt. And they wanted it all. Right, he had the belt, but it had nothing to do with him. Is what I'm saying. Okay. That, that was, was, that was that's what the eight seconds is If they gave a shit about him or, or the fans, even if they would have still gave him a match. No, I didn't say they gave a shit about him or the fans. But that's that's from what you're saying time, when you say that they did it for like some heat. No, that's not the way they took it off him, you don't think they did that for heat? No. No. Oh, I do. No. It's everything that happened after this is what they did for heat. Okay. Yeah, because he's he's sitting there throwing around pancakes. Because if they did that for he heat, it would, be, it would be another book in it. It'll be another resolution to it. Right, but they booked him like he was throwing pancakes, being his normal new day self. And it's like, did he? Was he even the champion? Them doubling down on the heat would be him being pissed. They they that they wanted you to forget about it as much as as possible, as fast as possible. That's not the same thing as, as gathering heat. Okay. I mean, it still pissed us off, but that wasn't the reason why they did that. Mm. But, like, to go back to what I was saying before with that, is that if you look at the, 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 the way that the WWE wants to promote their product, what Vince McMahon has been accused of liking for all of these years we know that there's a rubric for holding the title in a company. You know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like a lot of times, you know, saying there's something similar that goes, goes with that with every promotion in terms of who can hold the top title in that company. But once again, when we talk about AEW, staking the claims on wanting to be so different, then why couldn't he be? This the real question. Especially since like drawing is 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 a completely different game than it was back in the territory, back in the WWF days, back in the Monday Night War days. Like drawing is a completely different thing, and it's it's 
the WWE who kind of stagnated the growth in that whenever they go decide to kill somebody's social media, kill somebody's YouTube channel. Because don't let somebody get themselves over. Yeah, they don't want to have to have... It, 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 almost, it almost ties into that conversation. Um, not giving a fuck what, what Jim Cornette feels about the industry. Because at the end of the day, it's not about what he... What used to draw back in the day when he was booking. Like, that doesn't matter anymore. What people will pay for is what's acceptable. What people will pay attention to, that's the right thing. So it's like, why not take a chance and just blow the shit wide open? Like, that's my whole thing. It was like, you know, it's some people just enjoy wrestling in a certain way. Some people enjoy wrestling in a completely different way. Um, the, the, the audience that I believe that these wrestling shows are trying to cater to nowadays, especially when they're also dependent on their, their, their online presence, they don't give a shit about these rules. The WWE and AEW are literally the only two companies right now that actually have a heavyweight champion that's heavy. So why not? Why not? Why not? Why not let Rey Mysterio beat Brock Lesnar again? Why not? What's wrong? What's wrong? No, I'm saying I say like it's happened before. So we're acting like it's not happened. I mean, they keep doing the same storylines. Why not? Why it's not? That's what I'm saying. Like, why I mean, not? They have it's done like, it before. So why it's, do it's, you... it's, it's already assumed that Brock Lesnar is going to keep the belt? Right. And that's and that's forever. So why not? Who's that? <laughs> why not let Ray Mysterio win his belt and let him drop it to somebody else? We know they're not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? And we're Correct. programmed to think that that's just no, that's not going to happen. Correct. And I just think that's just part of the program when we try to think out. So here, let's, 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 since we're talking about Sunny Kiss, let's talk about the other. Why was it? Why do you think they gave us Riho as the champion and not someone like Nyla Rose with her story? Yeah, honestly, I was programmed to think that that wasn't going to happen, and not because that Nyla Rose big, evil, small, you know what I'm saying? But because I felt like I saw something in the ring with Nyla Rose that I didn't expect to see, so I thought that maybe there was a possibility that they were going to go that way. So it was a complete surprise for me that they put it on a 78 pound. She's 98 pounds, but I understand what you're going from. You know what I mean? I think they honestly put the belt on Rio for two reasons. A, they put it on Rio because they knew they were going to have a heel male champion, so they thought they have a face female champion. B, Mm -hmm. Rio can tell a better story in the ring because of her size at this point than Nyla can. It's real easy. It's easy. To put the belt on Nyla because she's bigger than everybody else. Right. That's the answer. That's the Brock Lesnar answer. But see, that's the thing with me though. Even having Nyla Rose versus versus um her in the finals for the championship, that was that was good enough for me. Okay. No, I'm, you know I'm saying I'm, I'm, what would have fucked not... it up is if, if to me like what would have fucked it up is if Britt Baker was in the finals. Oh yeah, that's, that's I, I definitely agree. Like I, I I think I voiced it last week. I'm not a 
I, I don't get much from Brick Baker's existence. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, I think I, I did describe her as diva like, and that's how her gimmick and persona come off to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, I think there's, I don't know. I don't, I, I, because the women's division appears to be Kenny's baby more than it is um, Randy's baby, just Correct. because of how his interviews he's, you know, said he's been involved with it. Um, you know, I, I just drew that connection, you know, and I think there's just a lot more wrestlers that they have available right now that Rihu has worked with to tell better stories in the rain. That's just one thing. I don't know. I mean, yes, they could have done a million things. Actually happy that they've picked Rihu because when she first won the belt, we didn't know who the hell she was. And they've developed her over the last few weeks. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I mean, I totally get where Ray's come from. I'm not trying to dispute his opinion or yours as it relates to, you know, the stuff AEW hasn't done. Mm-hmm. I just, I think I'm just being a little bit more for, I, 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 it appears I'm being a lot more forgiving because I'm a person who enjoys the long game. So I know during the long game, the beginning of the game is going to seem very blah. You know, I, I, and I'm not saying what they're putting forth is blah because I'm enjoying the heck out of what they're doing. I mean, they're pushing limits in many ways mm-hmm. um, as it relates to, I think, perp intentionally creating controversy with some of their matches and their finishes and stuff to that effect. They get people talking about things that we haven't talked about in a long time with like CTE or death masses, what's too far and stuff to that effect. Um, or just having a transgender person in the ring, period. There's definitely room for opportunity. I agree. Right. I just I just don't see anyone right now that is ready for that spot. And yes, you can Sunny Kiss can walk out and become a big Bigger per bigger star than he is now would a match with Jericho, but that that would be mid card. You know what I'm saying? Like he would be moved up to the big card. He wouldn't be moved up to the main event in one match. I don't think so, personally. Well, I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, I would love for there to be an answer to the question, like, like there's no yeah, but you, black okay, so Brian Cage. Saying, like, you don't see him past mid card. No, no, no. I said it after that match. I'm not saying period. I'm just saying after that particular match. Yeah, but why though? Because you, you move up from one stage to the other. I, I don't... Because of the way wrestling's set up right now, I don't believe in many overnight successes anymore. I just don't exactly. believe in that. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, because of the way the industry is set up right now. So, in that sense, we're still... A victim of the programming. Because we don't uh, ask why not. We're sitting here asking why. And that's because of the pre-programming. Shit that no, we I, I disagree. If you're, if, you're, I just, if, you, if you're a booker or a producer, like, and you want to do something different, like, you have to see it first before it gets done. You know what I mean? I, I just disagree. I just, that's all I, that's all I can say. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's just. It's, I mean, that's just, just like. How do I? Here, let's this. let's be real. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not trying to attack it. Like you don't understand. 
I mean, I, I, you know, so I know you do understand. I'm just, you know, for. I, I think we're trying too hard to make each other feel each other's points. Right. Instead of just right. like, you know, because like I, I'm totally respecting what you guys are saying. I just don't believe in. Like, it's been so I'm not saying it can't happen. I just don't think it will. So I'm not going to expect it, and I'll be pleasantly surprised if it ever does. Got you. So then let me let me let me try to steer this back to where I was going with tangent. Um, where are we at with taxing wrestling? It's trash. We're talking from from all different different boards because I think that everybody was saying that there was going to be more of a focus on taxing wrestling. And it's still the same tag team. Oh, I, I definitely feel that tag team dress, wrestling in general all across the board is just taking a backseat. Okay, even Steven still. I'm sorry? I say even still. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not saying it's acceptable. I just, it just happened. I think it's it's a lost art, and you know, teams like Rock and Roll Excess popping back up and getting pops kind of proves that point. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Okay. So, do we know AEW just wrapped up a tournament? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we can't really speak about the, the pro stuff because that's their product's not really seen. Um. WWE looked like they did some stuff there, but I guess, like, at the end of the day, like, none of it has something that you would need to see in order for you to say that it may be turning around or that there is a focus on tag team wrestling right now. Uh, focus on to what extent, though, on W? You said because, w- like, well, I'm, I'm talking about tag team wrestling in general. In general, okay. At some point during this year, said that there's going to be more of a focus on tag team wrestling, and to kind of pull out AEW since we kind of been talking about them the most. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another claim that they made. That was yeah. kind of like the best you know, tag team division in the world. Yeah, the, the pet project of of the of the Young Bucks, and I felt like we've been surprised and pleased with some things that they've done, but. But since they, since the, since the the belts were officially won by SEU, we've had uh, we've had matches with tag teams that don't really exist. That are just two people put together, as we've seen, like we've seen with this. I just again, if it the focus is on that, then why not have SEU go against Santana Ortiz or the Dark Order go against these guys, right? Why is it? Why does it feel more like it's faction wrestling than it is? actual tag team division right now mm, faction wrestling i like what you did you like that yeah no, because i mean i think that kind of does make a point right i mean it's it's everybody that's had look at the what what did i tell you about the match that turned me off chris chris uh jericho and sammy guevara yeah against was, SCU. was private party not available was the dark order not available was the lucha brothers not available uh, name some other tag teams that they put together that we saw. The Best Friends? And you can keep going, right? Jurassic Express? 
Luchasaurus is back. It, but no, let's put a makeshift of their faction, Guevara and Jericho, who's already a title holder. Let's put it. Let's put. Let's let's tease the possibility that he's going to be a two belt champion. It's it, 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 you're, it's it's shit. It's absolute shit. The tag team tournament was fantastic because you. And then when they put that little that little swerve on us, when uh, the member of SCU got hurt, and all of a sudden it's Scorpio Sky coming in, that was really cool. They showed everybody got to shine. They didn't reaction to go ahead and throw Santana and Ortiz into it. They just went straight with the what they've advertised to everybody, and it was a good tournament. I'm okay with SCU being the first champions. I'm cool with that because I think at some point. Scorpio's guy's gonna have his own singles. Do you not feel that way? Yeah, I think that's. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that's the whole point of ACU in general. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, 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 I yeah, mean, I, I think I've actually heard. I think there's a very game. long game when it comes to SCU. Which and, and, and kinda, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, I kind of teased that. I was like, okay, well, you can you can have some kind of inner turmoil storyline where. Yeah. You know, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels are pissed off because they were, you know, SCU, and then Scorpio Sky had to come and get them, and then all of a sudden they go their separate ways, and Scorpio Sky now contending for a belt. Cool. What I don't want to see is another belt introduced, kind of like a North American title or an intercontinental. Yeah. I don't want to see that. I have a feeling, and I think I said this last week, I think we're going to see a trios title. Um, I'm not saying that's going to improve the situation, <laughs> but, <No. laughs> but we have a bad problem with tag teams. Let's introduce trios. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I just see that. Cause again, if you look at their rankings, they have three separate, uh, dynamics, overall singles and trios for some reason, which doesn't make sense. Cause you would think tag would be the other one, but whatever. Right. Um, I just think for various reasons and it's and it's separate companies having other problems. I just think tag team wrestling has just become I don't know, it, it doesn't it doesn't and I am I will give you credit, like I am unpleasantly surprised by AEW. Like their matches are good. Mm-hmm. Team division is um they have the deepest one of all that we have. Right. And, you know, maybe it's an embarrassment of riches they're dealing with right now. Um, but, you know, I agree with Ray. It's definitely faction heavy. It's, I would say faction focused right now, which is taken away from the dynamic they started, I would say, over the summer. Because over the summer, it seemed hot. Right. You know, because they were just bringing in, you know, you know, it was new, it was hot, you know, you saw matchups now that the factions have come into play since they started television, you know. I I agree, you know, you, you, you're not seeing what was over the summer. Um and what's and what's crazy is that again, it's a it's accountability when it comes to this. They're the ones telling us this. They don't have to announce these boisterous claims that they're gonna have the most diverse, the most uh, inclusive, the mo- the best tag teams in the world. They don't have to tell us that. Just be different. 
That's well, all they told to us they have, they're going to have the best tag team division. And even though I'm not thrilled with it, I still think they have the best tag team division. I don't think that could well, be a question. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I mean, ju- if you start with just the top two teams, the Lucha Brothers and the, and the Young Bucks, right there, it's immensely better than what anything that WWE has right now. And it's including the Usos who are still on the shelf. So it's just again, you're sacrificing what you promise, what you told the you know your fan base for a storyline. Has anybody checked out NWA Power lately? No. Yeah, I I haven't. I love I love that show. It's so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) But it, 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 but it's and and this is why I love it. I love it because it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Mm Um, and I'll, you know, I'll, a lot of stuff doesn't. Point, I have a, I have something to add to that NWA power because there was an interesting statistic that just came out not too long ago about that. Um, and I'm gonna have to make this point and kind of bounce because I have to take care of something. But um, they 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 don't take each other seriously, and they just kind of just embraced the silliness that was wrestling in the 80s. And mm-hmm. I'm happy for it now, but I'm concerned that it can't last. Okay. You well, know what I'm why would you, and excuse me for, I'm not questioning you like, like a no, no, it's cool. question. I would say it may have some legs because of the nostalgia. Man, because we said it, that wrestling can sell nostalgia better than anybody you know, any major sports or whatever the case may be, because it's wrestling, and it's sports entertainment. But I mean, I can see, especially if it's going to stay on YouTube, I can see that. I can see where you're coming from. Where yeah, the, I I don't think they're selling nostalgia per se, but the parody of nostalgia. Right, and that can only last for so long. Correct, and I and I already heard. You know, there's already been rumblings from. I think Fernando put it out that WWE is taping Midsummer South skits and you know that i'm not saying it's going to even impact it but it's going to be noticed that you know i just i I love what i'm seeing i want it to continue but i don't want to make wrestling a sitcom either i guess it's basically what i'm trying to get at that's a good point i like that okay um but with that i do apologize i have to step away I have something I have to take care of, but you guys yeah. continue. You keep you keep that business to yourself, man. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> you gentlemen hey, have a good quick, night. Look, right. Real quick, real Win. quick though, twenty two percent of the YouTube watch time for NWA Power has mm-hmm. come from AE Dark uh, viewers. Just to put that out there. Yeah, I have no idea what that means, but I'll listen. I, no, that's I mean that's that's a good thing that the, you know the dark is working so much, but it's working in favor for another company. Oh, too. okay, cool. Especially with the YouTube viewership, but enjoy the rest of your evening. No worries, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, nation. Thank you, mom. <laughs> Thank you, mom. <laughs> you guys have a great night. You right. too. All right, man. So then there were two. Yeah, for, for, for not a lot of our for not a lot of activity, we've made this a really, really long episode. So much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to seem like I'm in my feelings about some shit, but 
I mean, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've been on that hill for for a long time. Yeah, I mean, there there are fans out there like you. I've seen that on Twitter. I've seen people complain about, you know, say what they've been seeing on AEW versus what they've been promised. So like, you're you're in tune with you know a certain number of fans, and I just feel like that's the. Yeah. I mean, that's, what, like, that's, the, that's the appeal of our show. You have the purists like yourselves and Sean, mm-hmm. and then you have myself who are not going to sit there and commit myself to watching countless hours of wrestling, uh, you know, across the entire six, seven days of the week, because, you know, it's just sometimes it's impossible to do just even two days. But I, again, it's the new consumers, the ones that they sit there and try to attract, especially with the social media guys, especially the ones that they have the short uh, you know the the attention deficit when it comes to this stuff. It's mm. like you tell us one thing, they go over there, they don't see it, they're gonna switch it off very quickly. Yeah. And, and, and this this younger generation that they're trying to appeal to is very fickle, as Dan, Daniel Bryan would say. If you don't give them what they want within a few minutes, they're gonna turn it off. It's why they sit there and complain about baseball taking too long, even though it's taken. Just as long as it did back in the 1800s, mm-hmm. it's a long fucking game. You know they're trying to come up with these ways to attract these younger audiences, but at what point do you, do you stop doing it and just all right? Well, you know this is the fan base that we're, we have, and we're going to continue to give them. I'd rather have quality over uh, quantity. And at the, and, that, and and when you when you keep on mentioning like the young mm-hmm. PO2, this is something that I want next week and try to call. Um, Certain people from WWE out on um, was not planning on talking about WWE so much this time, and I don't think we did. We talked more about AEW, um, but next week was going to probably going to be a, a more WWE based show because we're going to evaluate the CM Punk stuff. Okay, um, and I was also planning on calling on WWE out on who are exactly um, who's the show exactly for. Um, it's, it's a good question. I'm trying, I am trying to figure out. What kid? Because they like the like, they love to tell us adult fans that oh, this is a kid show. This is not for you anyway. So you know, bullshit. Because you see nothing but fuck. Excuse me for saying this. I'm gonna call it out. But and like I said in my rant uh, last week, when it came to uh, what happened with me and uh, a fellow member, uh, you see the audience. That's the audience that they're trying to get. Because no kid is gonna sit there and spend sixty. 120 bucks for a ticket. They're not also going to sit there and spend 50 additional dollars on any merch pick up there or the concessions or go on there and talk about how they bought more tickets for the WrestleManias that they just uh, go, went ahead and, uh, you know, advertised tickets being sold to. We know who their, their, their base is. And we'll talk about that more next week. Sure. Cause it's not, yeah, hard, to, it's not hard to fucking see. What, what, what kid is interested in what's going on with Rusev and Lana? Nobody. You can't sit there and tell me that's for Charlie that's in there or little little Santos that's watching it on a Friday night because he gives two shits who Lana and Lana and Rusev are banging. No, it's exactly. Rusev Day. No, this is more for this is the adults. Is this you're gonna sit there and tell me the Val Venus show was for fucking kids like me when that shit came on? Mm. Fuck you. You have a very perverted way of what way I was thinking as a kid. I mean, yeah, I I, I appreciated it, <laughs> but to that extent, yeah, no, that, that was extent, crazy. You're not if you're gonna seriously tell me that this day and age in 2019 you're gonna sell sex on WWE and think that appeals to your child's 
with all the stuff that you do for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Connor's Cure and all this stuff, you're going to tell me that this is what you know, appeals to kids? Stop it. Stop it. You're not going to go out there and sell a lot of lingerie set. Right. <laughs> and that's supposed to go well, good with my white uh, SmackDown women's title? Stop it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Save it, save it, save it, save it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna, that's going to be like a five-hour podcast minimum. <laughs> minimum. We'll definitely get into it. Let me get into like the clothes for, um, for sure. Couple of things I wanted um, wanted to tell people to watch. Um, you guys mentioned the bump. Uh-huh. Um, I have yet to see an episode of it, but um, I've seen a lot of clips online, so that is pretty funny. So yeah, just definitely check out the bump. Um, you should know that a company called RetroSoft is putting out um, WrestleMania Wrestling. Um, I don't know if you played WrestleFest back in the day. Yeah, I did. For like the arcade or whatever, but yeah. this is. Um, they use um, RetroSoft is using the same engine they use for, and they've been um, programming this game and testing it pretty much all year. I think it's due out sometime early next year. Okay. Um, but uh, they did get the go ahead from the original company who created WrestleFest, so now this game is going to be a true sequel to WrestleFest. Oh, that's gonna be fucking dope. See, and that's also- the nostalgia you can fucking sell me on. Yeah, that's the shit that I like because why? Yeah. Because video games are still prevalent. Yeah, and and other cool thing about it is that the, um they've also got the license for NWA, so there's going to be some NWA um people in in there. Um, there's going to be a ten pounds of gold uh, mode in there where you can try, try to challenge for the ten pounds of gold. Um, we know for sure that um Nick Aldis is going to be in the game as well as Cole Cabana. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool to check out, and and it's going to be uh. Uh, a consistent release across all platforms, so Xbox, PlayStation, and PC will all get it at the same time when it does drop, and that's, that's going to be a good time. And that's at a time where yeah. we have a very terrible WWE uh, 2K20 out, perfect timing. Hey, don't get me started on 2K. Sports. <laughs> I, I got hold today, but uh, your boy is a superstar one now when it comes to 2K. Now, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I guess. Um, also, cool. you might want to check out uh, Up Down Down. Okay. Um, we know that Austin is is on injury reserve, and there's no reason why he couldn't can continue to do up, up down down, even though he's at home with he's an injury. Busy. But Prince Petty uh-huh. <laughs> is taking over up up down down, and is calling it left right left right. <laughs> yes. And they are promoting an Austin list gaming show. That's fucking great. So you might want to check that out on YouTube. I believe those that starts this week as well. So. Well, anything's better than what I'm like. Well, yeah, I'll probably give that a watch before anything else is good. I might be on a little height. I'll, I, you know, I, I'm still knowledgeable about the matches because I'm not stupid. I still go on to, like, these prognosticators like Bleacher. I do like Bleacher Report because they're more honest when it comes to these matches, when they give the grades out and their, their details about the match, rather than some dickheads from, like, CBS Sports. This doesn't include Brian Campbell because I'm a huge fan of him. But, oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, CBS Sports, when they do these wrestling reviews for, like, WrestleMania, at, there's nothing lower than a fucking B-minus, so stop it. Um, but, no, I still keep it. I still keep it. I don't, like, this week, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to devote my time. And I, I, but, I, but, see, that's I, the thing. That's, that's, that's the way it is nowadays. This is how you're a fan of, of things right now. This is why we have all these crazy streaming services. Yeah. 
saying? Because we want the content when we want it, not on somebody else's schedule. For sure. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's still amazing that, you know what I'm saying, a show on television does two million views, more or less a, a, a professional wrestling show or a sports entertainment show. You know what's um, crazy? When we're sitting here talking about, you know, diversity and stuff like that, you put Mercedes Ma- Mer- Martinez versus Big Swole on a dark match on YouTube instead of right. prominently featuring two new female combatants on your show on a Wednesday night. So I will give them credit for that. Congratulations for Big Swole because she actually got yes. an official contract with AEW, so she's a part of the roster. So uh, shouts out to her. That's definitely for the culture. So I do appreciate that. And we were wondering if Mercedes Martinez was going to show up again on AEW television, and she has. So, you know, I mean, like, you know, so just to kind of lean back on Sean's point, like, we, I think we have time still. I do too, but again, it's like, again, I'm acting as that fan, right? Mm -hmm. Because we don't get what we want. When when you say we're supposed to get it, I'm just going to turn off the TV until until I hear that it's on. And I think I have that. I think we have those that right yeah, to hold people, exactly. especially especially as much as we give the the mothership too much shit left and right. I don't think we've had an episode where we've ever been truly one hundred percent positive about it. Because for every one step they take forward, they, they always put themselves two steps back. But yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm being too harsh on this new company. But at the same time, I'm. You're not going to sell me a fucking lemon. You're not gonna promise me all this shit, and then it's gonna be the same fucking thing over and over again. I know. I we've done that for years. That's the only thing that we had. We had WCW for a drop in the bucket. We had what? Uh, not and TNA right for a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's just you know I didn't watch. The whole thing was for me was after the Rock and Stone Cold. After all that shit went, went down. I didn't watch the John Cena years. When John Cena was wrestling, he was still rapping to me, for me, which I'm still a fan of watching those fucking old clips. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I didn't watch the CM Punk because I knew it was going to be the same kind of thing. It may have been thrilling for all of you. You guys speak one, you know, glowingly about the summer of punk. But it's just like, okay, I represent that fan base that consistently, if it's not, if it doesn't capture me within the first 30, 45 minutes, I'm not going to watch shit anymore <laughs> I, I mean there's so much other things that we can do with that two two and a half three hours on, mm-hmm. on a weekly basis and the way social media is set up i can watch the entire thing that i need to watch in like five minutes thank you instagram well i hope that our listeners listen past the first 30 to 45 minutes of this show because I can oh, I, you you know what? this was this was the first time i can remember that we actually like Sean said, I think we were just really trying to make each other see each other's points, but we made several good points on each side of the coin. Right. So on that note, we're going to close. We're going to say some of this for next week. <laughs> yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at We Are the Wise Men. Wrestling. Oh, excuse me, wrestling. Wrestling.com. <laughs> wrestling. Uh, wrestling. Just follow us on wrestling. Uh, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram at Wise Men Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can listen to us on Anchor, which is our anchor when it comes to podcasts. But anywhere that you get your podcasting, you can go ahead and find us at Wiseman Wrestling Podcast. And on that note, just remember that this podcast is and forever will be for culture. Remember that you vote with your dollars, your attention is currency. And even if you're a mark, make sure you make a mark on this life. Good night, everybody. <laughs>